Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast we have with Sports Canada. This is actually surprised, but uh, the, the last episode of Raptors Over Everything, at least with Yahoo Sports Canada, um, I'm actually going to be uh, leaving the company and pursuing another opportunity to be announced later. And um, wanted to obviously see through Summer League and, uh, of course, the Olympics as well. That was very fun to cover. And to be honest, I was really thinking about for a while, like what to do with the last episode of the podcast, which this will be episode, I think, 431 um, in, in the span of two and a half years, which were pretty great. So, you know, I was thinking about sort of how I was going to approach this, which person I was going to have on, you know, you know, uh, Blake was the first ever guest uh, for the show. I had him in studio. It was real fancy. We talked about the Marcus all trade and how that was going to turn the Raptors into like the greatest defense of all time. Then I had Alex on, I think I was trying to get behind the scenes scoops on Jeremy Lin feeding Serge Ibaka a stinky tofu. I don't know if you remember that. I was trying to get scoops out of Alex. Like he was Woj. Or yeah. I gave you, I gave you too many scoops that uh, I got booted off the show. So you're, you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, there was also, well, those was funny. You mentioned that because shortly thereafter you showed me, cause you were the producer for, uh, how hungry are you in some of the most iconic episodes but you had shown me a snippet of what uh i think what kyle was going to eat or what Kawhi was going to eat something like that but you you gave me the actual scoop and then i was in serge's house talking to serge and i accidentally mentioned to him that i already knew what was happening and then he pressed me and i was like you know what this is serge Ibaka. i'm literally in his house if he's going to press me for information i'm just gonna have to give it up <laughs> I was not a good. Was, was, was this was this before or after he choked Marquise Chris? Because I think that's actually important timeline wise of how shook you were. Well, this is why you weren't invited to the heist Alex is doing after this pod because uh, you, you're too easy to press for information. No, for some reason Alex is dressed in all black with a all, with a black toque as well, man. What what do you what do you have planned for tonight? Let's be real. Four, forehead jokes, forehead jokes really got to me. You know, yeah. I, I made big head jokes about you for for eight years and i couldn't handle three days of jokes and so in, in the middle of a heat warning 
in in august mm -hmm. uh you got me wearing a toque right now trying to hide my forehead you know yeah damn that's uh that's really wild so um yeah i mean so i i guess going back to what i was trying to say before it's just like for this episode i really just wanted to bring on the people i have on all the time um and so obviously you guys are core fixtures of what this program was and everything like that um and i'll be bringing on more guests it'll be a bit of a long episode it's all good but let's actually start with basketball and stuff summer league um blake you were down in vegas enjoying the sights and scenes um I mean, first of all, let's start here. Like, how different was this year's Vegas as compared to previous ones in the past? Yeah, it was definitely different. It was weird. You know, that's the most socialization and the most crowd that I've had in forever. Um, from, a, like, the basketball environment standpoint, it wasn't crazy different. Um, mask usage was maybe a little better than I expected. And as media, you had to be vaccinated to go. So um, I at least knew, like, the people that I was sitting with and stuff uh, were vaccinated. Mm. But access was more restricted, like, you couldn't really other than a quick combo with Fred, like you can't really go and like talk to people quite as freely um, as usual. And and then uh, obviously like the Vegas aspect of it, Vegas is pretty much back to normal. Uh, and other than, other than a, a hit and run at the roulette table, I didn't do, I didn't spend too much, too much time on the, the casino floor this year. Um, but it was, uh, it was cool. It was really nice to have live basketball back. No, you got to back that up. I, I'm not actually a gambling degenerate outside of our, our Poker Stars games. Um, what, what's a hit and run? Oh, that... um, so it's just like I rolled up to the roulette table with all the cash I had left at the end of my trip and put uh -huh. it all on one spin and one and left. Actually? <laughs> yeah. Yo, okay. All right. Yeah. I bet my my new nephew's birthday. And uh, Wow. Yeah. Well, congrats on, on multiple fronts. No, that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, who So who all was down there for the Raptors? Uh, I think we saw... I honestly, I think we saw like pretty much everybody. Um, yeah, the entire that... roster except Goran Dragic was, uh, was uh, there at Boron, some yeah. point or another. So, mm. um, you know, as far down as like Sam Decker and Isak Bongo were there, um, Fred, Pascal, Boucher, Gary Trent, all those guys. Everyone was there except Dragic at some nice. point or another. Nice. Uh, Alex, obviously you have been in, in depth watching these games, breaking them down. I see you tweeting about the game which half of the half of the tweets are just recycled memes and the other half are just responding to my tweets um quote retweeting or just directly responding from the yahoo account all right so. stop stop exposing my <laughs> yahoo sports canada formula all right what's what, what are we doing here oh man. you're just gonna leave a trail of blood on the way out what's going on <laughs> no not necessarily but uh no i think i might have more podcast episodes than you have tweets for yahoo but uh, <laughs> but anyway um Let's start here with Summer League. Okay, so we got four games through it now. There's one more game coming up for the Raptors. You know, we'll see who plays. Hopefully everyone plays. But we have, we've had a good sense of all these guys. I want to get your thoughts, first impressions on Scotty Barnes. Um, is he living up to the hype for you? Is it sort of what you've expected? Anything sort of catch your eye with Scotty Barnes? Yeah, you know, I think, I think Summer League is just all about, like, setting expectations going into the season right and i think especially for the rookie guys like a scotty barnes you know if you look at what like Kay cunningham has been doing like evan mopley jalen suggs like you just didn't want scotty to come out here and look like a dud i mean mm. if he did it's fine i'm sure we would find excuses you know he's a work in progress and all that but i mean you look at the way that he played in the second half against uh 
uh, who, who, what's what's the Ball Brothers name? I'm forgetting his name now. Jello. The guy on the Hornets. Yeah, Jello, 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 the King Ball. of Vegas. Yeah, Jello Ball, which sounds like an item at a Chinese bakery. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but you saw the way he played in the second half, and it's like you know we're gonna ignore that air ball jumper that he had with like two minutes left. But like sure, yeah. no, like like Scotty looks great uh, on the defensive end, and I feel like just like from sheer just athleticism and just like his activity on the floor, he's gonna create a lot of stuff on the offensive end and he's not like a black hole there like you can see there is some playmaking skills that I think will come out as he gets more comfortable with teammates and just like I said when I did my five second deep dive on, on our last run at back like he just looks huge on the floor yeah he looks it, it, it honestly I feel like that makes a difference like his he looks he looks like he has a Dwight Howard body already which is like freakish and so I think honestly early returns on Scotty and I'm sure you guys are going to talk about the other players as well, even like Precious Achua, uh, you know, and some of these other guys, even Delano Banton. Like, honestly, I think this is a huge, the summer league's been a huge win for the Raptors in terms of getting fans excited about whatever this next era is going to be. Yeah, like it is with Scotty. Um, I remember even before the draft, literally right before the draft, I brought you on. We did like a Scotty versus Suggs debate. I just kept saying, you. I was taking the, uh, you know, the position of pro Scotty, you were taking pro sex. And I think all I said for Scotty over and over again was his measurements. I just kept reading you his draft <laughs> combine numbers and it's like his shuttle run. Um, but I mean, what, what are your takeaways so far? I've seeing him up close. I'm not sure how much access you've gotten to him as well, but um, just, you know, your thoughts on Scotty as well. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like the, the vibes are immaculate. He is a okay. tremendous, like even in person, there's like this gravitational force of positivity around him. And like, you see the way other guys interact with him and, and like every coach and player is raving about mm. how, how cool he is to be around and stuff um, on the court. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too worried about, you know, some of the numbers, like he hasn't been very efficient scoring, but nobody has been like Jalen Suggs has a 51 true, true, true shooting percentage. Kaminga's sub 50, um, you know, Moses Moody's struggled a little bit. A lot of Evan Mobley has a true shooting percentage of like 37%, but like outside of the ball going in has looked every bit like a number three pick. So um, don't get too hung up on the numbers. I I think the things that stand out to me about Barnes, um, the playmaking in transition is really real. He Mm -hmm. has good outlet passes, smart hit ahead passes, a, a really good sense of space and, you know, where to, where players are going, where the ball needs to go, where he needs to go. Um, that's not all the way there yet in the half court. I think there's a little bit of like his skill level can't keep up with his physical, his, the level of his physicality and like what his brain wants to do. Um, so he's seeing these opportunities, but then you're sometimes seeing misses at the rim or, or, you know, turnovers on dump offs because there's just that little bit of misalignment between skill and desire. And I think that's exactly the kind of, mistake you want to have a guy making at this point because you can teach the skill level up you can't really it's harder to teach the feel up um and then too he's made just like a couple of really degree of difficulty baskets and it's Mm -hmm. like will you posted a screenshot of that one like he starts outside the elbow and takes like two big strides and covers like 10 feet of ground for a a baseline (laughs) fadeaway it's like how do you what do you what do you do against that man yeah Yeah. and it's like like no he probably shouldn't be shooting those at, at this point in the nba but that is a difficult shot for a young guy to have in his bag. And I think it, it signals good things about, 
you know, where the development's going to come and what the potential is on that end. And then, I mean, defensively, he's uh, he's going to be a stud there, I think. Yeah, defensively, that's the thing that I don't think anyone had any concerns about. You you knew right away um, that he, even just watching some of the college stuff, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, it's one thing to be a good defender of college, but he was like sunning people in college. I don't mm-hmm. know what else to say. It was just like nobody could ISO this guy. Um, at that kind of skill level. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really feel like anybody was isolating him even at the summer league skill level, which is still... As yeah, Kaminga like got him down. a couple times on baseline drives, but it's also like, you know, you're figuring out where help comes from in the yeah, NBA yeah. And, and how to angle guys. And Kaminga was a lottery pick. Like, yeah, offense yeah. is going to win sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think to Alex's point about the, 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 like, he just looks so much bigger. I think it, there does kind of afford like a margin of error for him. Like, you, like he, so he's missed a couple of like short layups, right? There's one play, I think in the Warriors game where he missed three straight layups in a row, uh, or maybe this was the, the Houston game, but he missed like three straight layups in a row, but he kept getting the offensive rebound and kept going back up for it. And then there was another play uh, in the game against Charlotte yesterday where he, he drove inside got in for the layup, kind of took two defenders with him because he was so strong that he beat his his own man. Then the help came. He kind of bumped both guys to get to the position, missed the layup, but then was the first one there to jump back up for the putback dunk. And he like yelled at the guys. I'm just like, damn, you just got to be really strong to do that. Like it, it, that's, that's where if you have this like immense physical advantage, which I think in the summer league setting, especially defensively had an immense defensive uh, advantage. But I think even offensively, like that's something that you can use and it was interesting hearing um, Patrick McCumbo explain sort of like, you know, he, he's so versatile. We're really trying to figure out essentially where we can use him. And, and they kind of used him in a variety of spots in that Charlotte game. And that, I, that was very intriguing to me. Um, you know, I think Precious has probably been the second most impressive guy at Summer League. So, Alex, I'll go to you. Precious Achua, your, your, your thoughts. What are your thoughts on the finger guns, man? Did you uh, are you enjoying this? He's, he might be the first guy since Joakim Noah to do that. Yeah, yeah. Reminded me a lot of Sean Kemp. I don't even mm. think you were born yet during the Sean Camp era, you know. You know. No, no, Precious is Pre- Precious is great. You know, um, I'd be interested to see what his role is going to be with the team. Again, like sheer athleticism, and you know, it's funny we're talking about Precious. I've been thinking a lot about Freddie Gillespie as well. Mm. Just uh, you know, huge, mm. huge struggles at, at summer league. Um, uh, is he going to make the team? You can't just make this man sing party in the USA. You get a whole bunch of yes, engagement and then let them go, yes, man. No, can. come on. That, that's, that's, that's like a CBA <laughs> violation. Come on. The Players Union has to file something, man. You can't just use this man for retweets. <laughs> I'm, also worried about, I'm also worried about our guy, Utah Watanabe, too, man. No, come on. He's fine. He's fine. Maybe. Yeah. Gillespie looking way better in 20 NBA games and looking like the worst player on the floor in four summer league games is some bizarre environmental stuff or in his own head kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's been he's missed some bad ones. We're we're all rooting for him, right? Like we're yeah, all rooting for Freddie, especially the members of the media. Like he is so media friendly, yeah. not friendly, just like interesting. Like he's open, he's, he's very smart, but he's also just like uh, we saw. Like every time he was in front of a microphone or in front of a camera last year, he was doing the cat buggy. <laughs> the Raptors, the Raptors generally, the Raptors generally get good guys. Except for a Sam Decker here and there, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Well, speaking of Sam Decker, no kid. Um, I don't know, man. Like you did talk to Sam and stuff. I, I don't want to stuff on your article and stuff, but uh, yeah, how was that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just say I had a, a pretty lengthy conversation with him, and, and in doing some reporting around that, I'm a little more 
understanding uh, of the situation and the Raptors decision than I was before. Um, if we're being completely real, it's a $300,000 camp guarantee or whatever it is. Like mm. it's no sweat to cut this guy. If he comes in and isn't a culture fit or whatever. Um, I certainly understand that on the back of the Terrence Davis stuff and uh, you know, the, in contrast to how the Raptors have been at the forefront of social change, like it certainly looks a certain way. Mm. Um, but I hope that, the conversations that I've had are, are a better indication of, of where he's at now. So um, we'll see, but I'll have a story coming on that at some point. All right. Wow. Really just try to step on Blake's story right before it happened. That's uh, <laughs> well, okay. So precious to though. I mean, you didn't, the, you know, I, I get it. Yeah. Even Freddie Gillespie, you know, he, I don't think summer league's on the tangent. It's not like he's not going to come into training camp and not get a chance to like really compete over that left, that weaker you know, to in, in terms of summer league and preseason and uh, and and then sort of, uh, you know, either cement a spot or, or maybe not cement a spot. But um, I, th- I think Precious is Precious has looked better than I expected from him in, in the sense that I, I think he's he's very coordinated for a guy that big um, and maybe not as much with the back to the basket game, because I don't think he has one. But when he's facing up or even when he gets the ball in transition, he seems to really be able to handle himself. It's it's like Pascal, but with a little bit more power to it. You know, I'm I, again. I don't want to overstate. Like, yeah, I'm not saying he's better than Pascal or even like Pascal right now. That's not true. But in terms of that dexterity and that speed, that ability to play in transition as a big, that that's got to excite you guys. Yeah, the rip and run ability off of defensive rebounds is huge, right? And like yeah. we've heard Nick Nurse talk about it, even trying to get Ken Birch to do it. Like, the more guys you can have that do that, the more you can attack advantages against scramble defenses and stuff. And even just like simpler stuff, like DO action, like having the big be a threat to dribble out of that instead of, Hey, if he doesn't hand it off, he's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that's huge. And I think precious has some, some buy-in to do based on, you know, where you fit positionally and you use the Pascal comparison. I think, I think long-term it probably suits him to, look at other examples of how centers have developed um, and maybe buy into being a smaller center, mm. just kind of like the way the roster's constructed and where his strengths are right now. Um, but I think it's, I mean, he fits, right? Like he's another six, eight, six, nine guy, switchy defensively. We saw in the, in the game against USA and again in the Olympics with Nigeria, where like his tracking ability across multiple positions is really strong um, defensively. So he, there's some switchability there. He's probably, I don't have the measurements in front of me. I'd imagine he has the best standing reach of any of the Raptors. So when you're talking about potential rim protection and stuff like that, um, there's a guy there. I think like, I think there's definitely a backup center there and you see, you know, Hey, a summer or two summers in the Raptors development system, you know, can you get a, a starting level guy out of that? And I don't, I don't think it's completely unrealistic, but that's what Birch is there for to, to help bring him along anyway. Alex, give me your long-term thoughts, long-term potential thoughts on, uh, on Precious Achua. What's, what's been exciting you the most? I mean, to be honest, I, I think maybe just the contrast with last season centers will probably excite you alone. But I think in the case of Freddie, I think he's probably teaching us a little bit like, you know what, it's almost like the reverse of beer goggles with some of these guys. Yeah, I like the, um, I like the chemistry that he's had with Malachi Flynn too. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know it's just been a summer league thing and I'm always not trying to, overreact but like if you're thinking about next season you would assume those are the two guys you know two of the guys that are going to anchor 
some sort of second unit in there. And I assume Scotty Barnes is going to start coming off the bench too. Although I don't know, I guess it wouldn't surprise me whatever role they slot him into as the season goes on. But for, for me, it's, it's just, I'm thinking about last year. Remember Will, we'd always joke like how many guys off the bench, especially after they traded oh, Norman yeah. Powell could get to like 10 points. Nah, six. We uh, were just saying six. Just six. Yeah, yeah we two, were looking two, for six Two baskets points. or three baskets. but And, and you know, show us the guys like Paul Watson Jr. and like DeAndre Bembry and all these guys who like, you know, contributed and played minutes and Stanley Johnson as well. But there's a reason why none of those guys are with the team anymore, right? Mm. Like I think they've turned the roster over pretty significantly, uh, especially just from a depth standpoint. And they're bringing in these guys that I think have much better long-term potential. Like you're not talking about any of those guys um, that I just mentioned. Like you talk about like Stanley Johnson, like we were never talking about him as kind of a potential long-term piece on this team you know even though however much badly we might have wanted it the last two years but I think that's what we have now you know with Precious and obviously Malachi and you know I keep forgetting that Chris Boucher is on this team I guess like we just don't talk about him that much right now oh, but, you, you know, did you see on him the on the broadcast he, he he basically had an outfit as conspicuous as yours man he had the bucket <laughs> yeah. hat he had a yeah, mask does he have, a, he does he have a Burberry he's got like a Burberry sponsorship or I guess he's just spending his own money shows, no, the, shows the, to Chris Boucher you know I never want to make any jokes about him wow. I know that's that's your thing Will uh so yeah. So, yeah, no, I think for me, it's just looking at Precious and looking at the rest of the guys too, maybe like bigger picture yeah. in terms of like the Raptors have in a way really addressed the one thing that was so glaring last year, which is this whole lack of depth yeah. and like who who are the players going to be after the starters. And when I think about integrating these guys in with guys like Fred, like OG and like Pascal, like, I don't know, like I'm pretty excited to watch this team next season. Yeah, for sure. And I think the one guy we haven't talked about in depth yet is is Malachi. And I don't know. I'm not totally sure how to make um, of his of his summer league performance because I'm like, clearly he is like the most skilled player on the floor in a lot of these games. I think he's also at the same time, he's trying to be a vet and a point guard and sort of being a steady presence. But at the same time, he has stuff that he's worked on. This is also his first summer league. And he's also like, you know, I guess not a rookie. He's a sophomore now, but. You know, he's, he's still a, a relatively inexperienced guy. Blake, what did you make of Malachi's performances? Because, you know, at first I was like, I kind of expected him to come into these games, average like eight, nine assists, you know, hit a couple of open threes, like just be a good point guard. But it felt like he, at a lot of the times he was trying to get his own shot. Do you read into anything into that, anything like that? No, I mean, part of the reason his assists are low is like the whole team is shooting like 38% or something like that. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's a bad scene when Precious has the best hands on the team of, of the guys that Malachi is passing to. Um, but uh, no, I think I think it's been good. And I think, honestly, like uh, his chemistry with, with Precious, as Alex mentioned, is pretty strong already. And you look at that as a good uh, harbinger and, and like, I'm okay with him in this environment looking for a shot a little bit more because that's kind of what we were asking from him last year when he got those minutes was like, Hey, you need to be a little bit more aggressive. Sometimes that second unit is going to need a guy who can, you know, make a bucket with, with the clock winding down or, or, you know, hopefully the second unit's a little bit better this year, but, but potentially, you know, if it's the Raptors special of the Flynn Barnes Boucher, uh, Achua second unit is going to win like all their stretches four to two. Um, you know, you're going to need guys who, who can get a tough bucket. And I think, you know, Flynn yeah. still has a long way to go as a finisher. I think adding to like kind of his floater range package is probably the next thing for him. If he's not going to be able to get at the rim, 
at an elite level because he's more of a, a tempo change guy than a burst past your defender guy. Um, and then the big thing is, I mean, he's hit a lot of threes in this tournament. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I think he's 12 for 29. And I thought last year the mechanics looked good, even though he shot poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he has that as a weapon, you know, that opens up more possibility for him to play alongside Fred and, and kind of operate on the second side, or it opens up opportunity for, hey, you know, if Precious is going to be as good a rim running threat as we think maybe he can develop into, and Malachi's got a little pull-up juice to his game, you know, that's suddenly like a really good base for your second unit offense. Yeah. No, I'm definitely more excited this. Like last season, it was like, I generally felt okay. I, I felt good about four out of the five starters. When they put Norman to the starting five, I didn't feel totally great about the defense because it was a little small. They couldn't rebound, but I felt okay with all five starters um, or I felt good about all five starters. But I, at no point did I feel good about any bench guy except for <laughs> except for Chris. Chris was legitimately good off the bench uh, yeah. last year. And I think he takes some stuff off the table, but he definitely brings a lot to the, to the, to the game. Um, this year, I'm actually kind of excited to go to this the second unit. That's one of the hallmarks of what the Raptors have been able to do all these years, right? Is to um, have that second unit and have it be exciting, have it be defense first, have them run. Mostly have Kyle Lowry also being the main guy empowering all these lineups. And I know Blake has written 10,000 words on um, mm-hmm. all these individual lineups, including Bebe and, and Landry Fields and, and Terrence Ross and whoever. But um, they've kind of finally gotten back to that because last year they just didn't have the talent, even if some of those guys popped, it was sort of like they weren't going to pop long term. So we're all kind of like just temporary bandage kind of um, situations. So, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Alex, is, what about the rest of the guys? So we know those three guys are going to be on the team. Uh, we know Scotty, Precious, Malachi is going to be on the team. The rest of the guys, Delano, Ish, Wainwright, maybe Justin Champagne, like any of these other guys excite you. Um, I guess I would go with Delano. Uh, I'm guessing that's going to be a Raptors 905 thing next season, assuming the G League is back mm. up full and running and all that stuff. But, you know, I mean, just story alone, you know, I think we, I don't know, shouldn't understate the fact that, you know, first Canadian drafted by the Raptors and be able to get this two-year deal and the first year fully guaranteed, you know, I think it's great. And shouts to him. This, I've never seen a guy look more like a Toronto man's. Is, oh, man. is Delano, in addition to being the first Canadian drafted by the Raptors, is he the first Raptor who has definitely been in the YouTube comments of a run it back episode? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, Delano's so definitely in there, bro. Delano's no, 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 no. The, the next crop, when, when we start, I think it'll be like the 2026 draft is, uh-huh. is when we're going to see. There's like a 13-year-old out there right now uh, in, in Markham that's definitely going to gonna get drafted by the mm. Raptors in 2026 but no Delano's like the number one seed of Toronto man's and no it's a great I, I just think it's a great story I honestly think it's a great story and and you know for for what he showed at summer league you know the Raptors are happy enough to, to give him that contract and I really want to see uh what he does again it goes back to I think Blake was talking about it too just like the development track that the Raptors put all these guys on and it's it's exciting for them to bring so many of these guys into the system like even Precious Precious was drafted ahead of Malachi Flynn right yeah, like 20. in the 2020 draft. Yeah. So like they've got two guys from like the 2020 draft. You know, they've they've got Delano, obviously, uh, David Johnson, a.k.a. Uh, 21 Savage. Um, yeah, you know, know. Just... He, he got a British name, too. Like it's it's really <laughs> it's really complete. I don't sorry. Yeah, it's he a sounds knife, like a man. member it's, of Parliament. Anyway. It's a knife. 
it's a knife through the defense. Uh, no, but no, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's a, it's another three. That's that's what we've seen from him so far. In some yo, they really yo, two things Raptors fans bullied people into. Number one, bullied Michael Grange into hitting up Goran Dragic for an apology, yeah, that, and they bullied David Johnson into doing a We the North video. So shouts to that. <laughs> Oh man! No, do we have to? Uh, do we have to carry over? Because um, we started calling—I mean, we—I mean, just me—but we started calling Matt Thomas twenty-one average. Do we have to give? Do we have to port <laughs> over that nickname? <laughs> well, I'm actually not allowed to to stand anyone next season. Yeah, after you, the no, streak no of, it, after the streak of you, Matt man. Thomas, and shout out to uh, honorary Pison Jalen Harris in, wow. in Italy now. You know, best of luck to him for real. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not allowed to to stand anyone next season, so I'm going to be a, a objective journalist. Wow. I <laughs> As I laugh I and wait. say that, I couldn't even make it through the sentence. Oh uh, yeah, um, no, I, I think honestly I was pleasantly surprised by Delano. I think part of it was I was watching some of the tape, and there was not a lot of tape on Delano. Um, I was watching some of the tape; it didn't wasn't like jump off the page impressive. And then I was watching the first half of that Knicks Raptors game in summer league. And I was like, what is going on? Why can't he make basic passes without turning the ball over for a layup? But no, he's really studied uh, himself in uh, the last three games here. He's made a real impact. He's shown more toughness defensively than I, than I expected. He's come up with a couple of really nice blocks. His length is a real factor. He's gotten on the boards. And genuinely speaking, just I think he's still turnover prone in terms of he needs to cut mistakes down, but he seems to have pretty good vision in terms of that the playmaking ability out of that pick and roll because it, it, it's fun passing from out of a six nine um, a set of hands. You can really pick out pretty much wherever side of the floor you want to, um, and that's uh, yeah, he's had some good passes, even though maybe the assist numbers don't jump off the page. Again, the Raptors are like they shoot like five for thirty from three every game, so it's just it's just gonna be tough to have assists. Blake, I mean, are you feeling the same way about Delano? Yeah, I think so, and I think you know to your point about his learning over the course of the the tournament and the passing ability at six foot nine. You know, you look at the last game; he has these two out of control charges in a row where there's a weak side shooter standing there, and the third time he comes down and makes a terrific pass to Justin Champagne. Um, out of like the exact same situation. And, and I've thought that there have been a couple instances of in-game learning from him throughout the course of Vegas. And, you know, talking to some coaches and stuff down there, that's the thing that stood out to them most about Banton too, is like, he's a very quick learner. And I think when you're a six foot nine point guard and someone doesn't try to move you off that position, you know, it's a pretty safe bet. That guy's got a good feel on offense. So for me right now, like, and, and even if he goes down to 905, like make all the mistakes you got to make to figure out where the line is for you right. in terms of aggression and creativity. And like right now, some of the some of the processing stuff is like a half step behind. Like he knows where the offensive player is going to be, but he doesn't know how the defensive player is going to react to that yet necessarily. But that's next level stuff. Like he's a, he's going to be a rookie coming in. And, you know, I, I think there's enough to be excited about there with the size and the passing. And like you said, um, you know, a little more toughness than you'd expect for a guy who's like 130 pounds or whatever he is. Got to get on that Ish Wainwright plan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, those two guys are, yeah, it's, uh, it's like spaghetti versus uh, the, the duality of man. Right silly. There. I don't know, man. Yeah. What are, why, how do people have no like 25 uh, pastas? Anyway, um, we have a, we have, we have a guest joining in middle of the podcast. He's uh, I guess he's in the admission process. Straight um, from the barber's chair. Yo, what's good? Big V. 
Is he's, he's he's still in the barber's chair, man? <laughs> nah, bro. Come on, man. There we go. Our there man, Big V. What's going on? Is he just looking around? Can you hear Big us? V, no. Big V, show your feet, man. Got to see if you're wearing sandals. <laughs> yo, relax. Show your feet. Show your feet in right the chat, now, man. man. Yeah, this show is this is the oh reveal. Is Will Will's taking the podcast to OnlyFans and yeah, actually, no, pictures actually. everyone's feet on on the, <laughs> while they record. No, that's really Big V, though. That's really Big V. Man. He's frozen now, though. This is tough. All right. Well, Big V will join us at some point. Um, this sounds like the. Uh, <laughs> the ESPN broadcast with Raptors Warriors, man, that was that was a real tough one. I play you did. I don't know if you watched the. I guess you were in person, so you didn't. See yeah, it. I, I I watched I watched the last game on TV, the one Gus Johnson was doing TikTok dances on. But uh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't nearly as good as Sam Mitchell and uh, Jared Greenberg. <laughs> yeah, I can't take these face seriously right now, man. What's going on? <laughs> Yo, please take a screenshot of this. Before yeah, it looks like the Mr. Krabs meme. <laughs> please take a screenshot. Right, of I got it. I got it. No, this is oh, this is great. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, Delano's been Delano's been fun. Uh, obviously, his story's been really good. Um, I'm. I don't know. Were, were you surprised that he got the guaranteed contract? That doesn't really matter to me, quite honestly. Like, I'm not trying, trying to nitpick any of these guys. Raptors have plenty of roster spots, but I, I was a little bit surprised. I thought he was going to get the two way, but um, no, I, I'm not surprised. There? And this is this is a little like cat minutiae, but um, when you sign a guy to a minimum contract, uh, they count for team salary and like tax purposes as a two-year vet min mm-hmm. uh, unless they're your own second round pick then they only count as the minimum salary so the raptors right now are right up against the tax or possibly over it so using one of those final spots on banton actually saves them uh you know 700k under the tax or 740k under the tax so i figured one of those guys would get that spot um you know it, it was I, I thought the second they signed Champagne to a uh, two-way as an undrafted free agent on draft night, you know, I figured one of Johnson or Banton would make the team outright. So right. uh, not super surprised. You know, the guarantee structure is really player-friendly. To get the full guarantee and a partial in year two is great. But I think I think it's cool. I think it's good for a guy like that to, uh, you know, to be able to go in, especially, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Raptors thought about it at this granular level, but you talk about a guy who's – developmentally right now it's okay you're making you're maybe making too many mistakes but we want you to keep trying that stuff and figuring it out you don't mm. want a guy like that looking over his shoulder the whole right, season and, and and growing passive so um i also just think they like him a little better than maybe they like david johnson and, and justin champagne and then yeah, they true. liked all three and one of them has to get an nba deal so yeah why not the uh the and he, they're gonna make all that money back in in 905 jerseys oh man yeah, Blake. I was gonna say because uh, you know, it, you know, back when uh, back when you were a real hooper, a real blogger, I guess, a true a true hooper, a true blogger, um, you were you were commuting to Mississauga to go to all the 905 games. Um, are you gonna Are you gonna share with him like you know where to transfer on the byway? Like, what's the most efficient route? Yeah, like, I mean, he's coming hour, from like... he's coming from Rexdale, so he's got it way easier than I have it. I was coming from downtown. Mm. Um, Rexdale's yeah. a a easy shot. I don't know. Like, I used to. This is how budget I was. Alex, this is going to be even more budget than when we took the Greyhound to, to the Cavs series. Oh, yo. I would take, well, we got to tell the nah, story on this nah, part. Nothing is more budget than that, man. But okay. Dude, I, I would take story. the sometimes. So to, to public transit to the 905 games is like impossible. Um, it takes like three transfers in like two and a half hours. Yeah. So I would take the up to the airport. 
and then get the airport shuttle to the hotel that's closest to the arena in Mississauga and then just walk from there. Yo, this this is this this is what you need to tell Delano about because he's gonna need these same tips, man. No one else would have thought about that. No, nah, his um, mom will drop him off. Jesus. Um, no, I, I've really enjoyed Delano's selection of um, just like, I, I think the Raptors probably gave him some team gear and he's like, I'm good. I have, I have all of this. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, yeah, and then he's like putting on his like, uh, you know, TJ4 <laughs> jersey from 2006. Like this. Yeah. But a knockoff one, not the real thing. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Man. <laughs> I got it from Woodbine Mall. Um, all right. Well, so what is this? What is the story that of you guys on the Greyhound? I know it already, but Alex, please tell it to the the listeners this is how much of you guys are real hoop heads yeah so what was this blake this was 20 what was 2016 this was the eastern conference finals and we were going to game five so the raptors had just tied the series up remember those two really Mm -hmm. exciting wins at scotia bank arena and you know we took we took the greyhound there you know it stops uh right when you cross uh you know the border in buffalo that's the transfer so, you know, hang out there, you know, grab a grab a donut, go to the washroom. Lots of suspicious characters. Oh, man, um, that Greyhound station yeah. of Buffalo is rough. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's, it's not uh, I think it's <laughs> I think it's right near where the Buffalo Bisons play. Uh, so we, we were there and then we make the trip to Cleveland. We, we shared an Airbnb. It was actually a nice basement from from what I remember. Wow. Like, Two yeah. guys sharing a basement <laughs> in Cleveland. All right, keep going. <laughs> Listen, man, this is, you know, you see all the successes and wins that we get on Twitter. But this is the behind the scenes that people don't see, you know. <laughs> Yeah. This is where the, people the are tweeting hustle. from. The, the the hu- <laughs> this is when I tweet, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Oh, I'm in the washroom at a Buffalo terminal, Greyhound Look, terminal. So Reynolds, Reynolds using public Wi Fi for that, man. That, Reynolds that and I had bed bugs then. one year at the Silver Sevens in Vegas. Like, <laughs> It's not. It's not no, glamorous man. on the way. No, out, you, you got. You got to do what you got to do, man. I've Come been on, in motels man. with three hey, beds side by side, and I'm not going to name the coach. But there was a Raptors coach at practice this week filling his backpack with all the free waters. <laughs> this, yeah. isn't, this isn't exclusive to bloggers, man. Oh, well, this no, is, no, uh, straight no. This up, is some real hoop heads, man. It's, no, so uh, we, so we two, went there. There's two classes in the NBA. And that's, that's for <laughs> bloggers, players, coaches. Yeah, so we went there. And obviously, I think people who remember the game, I'm pretty sure the Raptors lost by like 55 points. I think so. it's a record still. Yeah, uh, and mm. it, 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 it was a massive blowout loss. And, you know, Blake and I got settled in on media row in the first quarter and the game was over. And then we recorded a podcast after and then uh, took the Greyhound home. Yeah. yeah. So what what time was that Greyhound, man? Where, where, come on, give us the details. It was like 4 a.m. in... Uh... No, so we recorded the podcast probably at 3, 4 a.m. Because I remember we went out that night, right? But yeah. like we went out, hung out with some other people that were in town. Was it, was it at the casino that uh, Corey Joseph and DeMarco were casino. spotted at? <laughs> it's either the Jack's Casino or there's a tacker, like Taqueria place. Yeah, like, yeah. Alex and I went out with Steve Simmons is the real story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, no, that's the other. Tr- no, that was 2018. No. Um, oh, God. So. That's the yeah, we recorded the pod, I think, three, four in the morning. And I think our Greyhound was like nine in the morning. And, wow. You know, never, yeah. never been so happy to be, uh, you know, back at the Greyhound terminal in Toronto. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, this is really yeah. the life of media members. It's not glamorous. You know? No. That's but that can't even get people, internet man. to like hop on this podcast. <laughs> this, is, this is a tip Yo, number Vivek, two, man. Vivek, Vivek's calling tech savvy right now. Yeah. Wow. Vivek's <laughs> modem was on loan for, from CBC. When the Olympics ended, he had to hand it back in. Oh man! All right, we so, we, we so, see his face now. Yeah. So Vivek is back. Show your feet, bro. 
Stop saying stop telling the show his feet, man. He can't even hear us, again. Man. What's going on? I just nah, want this to be the legacy of your last nah, episode. <laughs> no, nah, but back his, mo- his right. motive is right. yeah, what's going go. on, bro? What's <laughs> good, bro? Asking for a third time. Asking for a third time, I, I, I please. I, I told you this was gonna be a problem. Yeah. Show your feet, you're, you're on show that 5v connection, eh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nah, man, this guy's this guy got 25 streams up of like you know <laughs> super like cricket. We got like there's a rugby going on in the background. Yeah, uh, exactly, some man. sort of Canadian Open is somehow happening. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what's going on, man. First off, congratulations, okay, Bruno Fernandes, performer of Week One, of course. Hey, hey, you know? shout out Pogba though, four assists. Oh yeah, also, God. yeah, that's right. No, you guys got off to a hot start. We got off to a hot start. Um, you know, just I, I'm looking forward. Everything's to going to be exciting, man. Liverpool versus four United teams at the that top. can win it. You four teams you? that can win it. Does that include City? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Right, this is all the EPL talk because these guys, you know, they have no idea what we're saying. Um, no, man, no. we're talking Ted, Ted Lasso or what's going on, AFC Richmond? Jeez, V, I do want to say though, man, in seriousness, great job with all the coverage during the Olympics. I really enjoyed it. Wow. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. It was it was super exciting. Like I've never covered an Olympics before, and so I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And oh, like, bro, every oh. morning I woke up at seven a.m. to watch women's uh, basketball, women's uh, hockey. And I yeah. will see a tweet on the timeline from CBC Olympics or CBC Sports, and it'll be V talking about like diving, um, <laughs> sailing, like skateboarding, hey. like any any sport you could think of, man. The skateboarding, oh, I, I know that we're CBC, so it's Canadian, but like no, at no point in the skateboarding did anyone think to get like cool people to commentate the skateboarding, like. Like what about oh. wow? <laughs> no, I'm just like, okay. what are we doing, man? We telling V to come on and show. I just, no, I just no, I don't mean, I don't mean fired, v, man, v, v wasn't the commentator for the skateboarding events. He should have been though. He should have been. I know he got. Yeah. I, know, I know he's got. He's oh man, you're, you're gonna have uh, Craig McMorris and Anastasia Bustis coming at you, man. Oh, I just, man. I want Tim Anderson. Uh, you know, uh, no, I think no. you should leave. Like, I, I want him on there. Uh, Tim Robinson, geez, I'm thinking baseball. I was, I was going to say, that's Sox definitely a, an ace pitcher. No, I was watching the White Sox game earlier, you know. Uh, Go Sox. Um, it, look, no. it's Chicago sports time, man. The Bulls got tomorrow now. Yeah. The White Sox mm. are on the rise. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm. No, I know, I know V, I know V was serious about the Olympics because I also woke up every day to like V coverage and. Will, you remember this. I sent this to you. He, like, posted this whole breakdown of, like, the first women's, I think, Canada women's soccer game. Yeah, versus- I even oh, DM'd yeah, yeah. him no, about no, it. No, I was no. like, this why are they like starting with Christine Sinclair? Yeah, yo, yeah, it was like a breakdown by minute. Things, yeah. It was more detailed. Than- <laughs> it was so intense, man. I was like, all right, man, he's into it. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was sick. <laughs> That's the way you got to be, though, man. It was Look, v, v, you you earned your share of that gold medal, man. You Wow. I don't know about all of that, mm. but... <laughs> No, me and V were in the DMs every morning talking about a uh, tactical, you know, <laughs> adjustments yeah. and shit like that. Congrats to it was, it was just that nice was to understand awesome. the soccer tweets for once. And like, I was actually yeah. watching the games and knew what everyone was talking about. <laughs> yeah. You guys realize the final took four hours? <laughs> like yeah. between the extra time, uh, between the, the penalty shootouts, and then there's like a, re- I don't know, the Olympics are really slow in like giving out the awards, like. First, they got to come through with the flowers, but they can't put all the flowers in one basket. So they got to make like 10 trips for the flowers. Then they got to come through with the medals and that's all like silver medals. Then they got to do it over again. It was took forever, yeah. but um, it was worth yeah. the moment, man. That was that was sensational. 
Um, but that was a cool day for Canadians because yeah, you yeah. had you had the four by one hundred too. Yeah, yeah, you had the four by one hundred. You had uh, Mo Ahmed getting the silver and the five thousand, and so it was like we got gold, silver, and bronze. And yeah. the decathlon was the day before, wasn't it? Two. It was just like a yeah. bang, bang, yeah. bang, 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 bang of of Canadian success. Yeah. And then also basketball happened, but I don't think Canada played in that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag yeah. mad love, man. Oh, that was one thing I meant to share from Summer League, by the way. There was like, I included this in a notebook, but uh, but it's like uh, mm-hmm. like low-key Canada basketball had one of those mm-hmm. when, uh, when the dream team lost at the Olympics and had a summit after. Canada basketball had one of those out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. There was like, oh, shout out. Everyone shout from out. the Blake program just breaking was everything now. So Shea was there? Is that what you're telling me? Shea was there. Mm. Uh, I didn't see Jamal, but I saw Shea. Like, Nick Nurse was obviously there. Mm. Um, some of the U19 guys were there. Zach Eady was on my flight back trying to fit yep. into a regular person seat. Eady Pablo? Um, pardon? <laughs> I said Eady Pablo. No. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. He, he's seven foot four. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, keep on. Going. Yeah, North Carolina. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't have like a ton of detail on it other than like everyone with the program on the men's side was down there for a couple of days of like, are we serious about this? And what do we need to do? Um, with <laughs> Yo, this- they must be stressed the fuck out, man. Two, <laughs> two teams come by for what? One win? One yeah. Olympic win? Not a, relax, yeah. relax. Bro. You know, you know how no, much it, no look, I don't want to be <laughs> too negative, but for Canada basketball to, to spend the money on flights for people, you know, it's serious. You yeah. know it's serious when they got Keyshawn as as the main model. Oh, that's of, right. We oh, didn't even break oh, this yeah. down, campaign. bro. <laughs> so I, I know a lot of money was poured into that. I know Keyshawn is not cheap. Oh, so, my you know, God. Yo, they, mm-hmm. what, what they couldn't pay for Keyshawn to get a haircut, though? What, what's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keyshawn, Keyshawn's contract now as a photographer stipulates that he also gets to be the model. It's, oh, uh, yeah, he probably yeah. shot that all by himself. <laughs> it was a one-person shoot. This guy set the timer and then ran into the photo. <laughs> It's it's Alex on vacation, man. It's, yeah, it's it's oh, Google man. how to how to send self timer <laughs> iPhone. Wow. Oh, Keyshawn's, Keyshawn's twenty two years old. He's not even listening to a podcast. He's not going to hear these bars. No, no he really won't. No. He really uh, won't. That's hilarious. Um, Are we talking about you yet, or what's going on, man? Me? Well, that's not yeah. about me. Where, where, where oh, I, I thought I honestly thought this podcast was just going to be about no. you. Yeah. yeah, all our favorite yeah. memories of Will no. and Will's content. Hey, you dragging <laughs> me to talk about summer league? You know, what <laughs> like, yeah, game, man. Come oh, on, yeah. man. What do you think? You pressing yeah. me with two questions about Precious and Chua got me shook, man. I was trying to throw it to Blake every time. Man. Got, got me on my CBC radio business voice. You know, talking oh. about the development system. A- Alex, what are your thoughts on Zacchaeus Darko Kelly? Goodness, man. I, who is that man? Darko Milic is just yeah. no. On, he's man. like he's like the best player in <laughs> NAIA <laughs> history, apparently. Oh man, yeah. what league is that? Um, <laughs> no, I legit thought we were like bidding, like bigging you up, and like oh. just spending like a whole hour for an hour doing this? talking wow. about how great you are and stuff. Mm. But I guess not. No, we don't need to do that, man. We don't need to do that. Damn man! Well, unless you want to, go ahead. I mean, yeah, it's the truth, though. Is the thing I was just no, gonna ask. I was just gonna ask V about his no, his job at, at, at the Raptors, but all right, well, yeah, I guess so. we guess no, we can no, just v, skip that. Oh yeah, can't, hey. v, v can't yeah. speak about that. He's a, he's a mole inside the organization for me now. So yeah, I was gonna say great, all the sources are coming from V. All right, listen. If yeah, you how ever do you hear think any I broke so much stuff lately? That was listen, all V, baby. Blake Blake is breaking everything. Yeah, I mean, from you, it's all from V. From you, every everything everything comes from comes from V. 
I already know MLSE's plans for the next mm. six months. Um, no, let's. I'm hijacking this pod. Let's wow, go around dude. right now, me, V, and and Blake, and just say some words about about Will's. I'm not, I'm not dying, man. Yo, I'm still uh, gonna be covering the Raptors. No, no, let's I, be clear no, about no, this. no, no, no. Yeah, no. I, uh, Will's career is done. <laughs> so, uh, V, maybe we can start with you, man. Since the three of us, you know, obviously me, Will, and V were part of the. Uh, the illustrious 2019 uh, Yahoo team, which mm-hmm. has broken up just like the Raptors. No, that wasn't Yo, the Raptors. The, the parallels are actually hilarious. <laughs> the par- Oh, man, uh, I'm in Will's DMs every night reminiscing about no, this, right, and this, he's like, this... please go to sleep. Bro, uh, this... <laughs> no, V, what, what, what can you share just about, you know, experience at, at Yahoo and obviously Will's coverage there? Um, I think the number one memory will always be going to game one of that 2019 run and Kyle Lowry drops zero points. <laughs> oh, yo. Oh, and, and, and Will oh. and I, this was, so we decided we were going to do like a live post-game show. In studio. In studio. Yeah. So we had to get from the arena to the Yahoo office, like stat. Yeah. It's, and, like, it's like 15 minute walk between uh, Scotiabank and, and King Espanada. And there's yeah. a lot of people, yeah. And and the whole way there, Will is just in my ear. This man scored zero points, bro. <laughs> zero points. We're doing this shit again. Like, how are we doing this again? <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> no, like on the street out loud, the, like <laughs> the entire way to the studio, and then we get in there. And Will's like, yeah, you know, game one shit happens. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> no, the people don't know that, like, the best, maybe, maybe, obviously, a lot of people have been following Will for a long time and his Raptors coverage, but newer people don't know the best Will is when the Raptors lose. Like, for the oh, longest yeah. time, Easy. all those years when the Raptors Easy. collapsed in the playoffs, like, obviously, I followed Will's coverage all the time, but I particularly looked for it after the losses. Because right. you just wanted to, to feel that emotion mm. uh, from Will Blake. You know, obviously, I know you and Will. I love how I just took over this podcast, man. Uh, fun, man. No, Blake, it's all, it's all good. you obviously have a great, you know, uh, a long back back story history with Will. I know you guys got to be together uh, after they won game six in uh, Oakland uh, during the 2019 run. Just just what are your, your memories? Uh, and just seeing seeing how far, uh, you know, Will Will has come, you know, cutting cutting back certain language on his tweets and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still not raining in the ref stuff though. That's uh... no, I mean, no, listen, man, it's a conspiracy. They're against Canada, man. <clears throat> it's the, the worst bit is like the four or five people who, whenever will complains about the refs, send me the tweet being like, see, I'm like, yes, I know. I know. Will complains about the refs too. guys. <laughs> um, but no, I think, you know, I obviously will and I have a, a long relationship back to, you know, him sending, uh, since we were talking about Summer League earlier, let's bring it home, uh, Summer League MVP, Jonas Valanciunas, Will yeah. sending us uh, a breakdown of JV at Summer League for Raptors Republic and kind of working with him through that and getting him on at RR. And then, you know, he kind of followed me to the score and then started doing his own thing. Um, it's been great to see the growth. And I think, honestly, you know, all three of you and a handful of others, um, you know, the Dishes and Dimes crew coming up, a, a lot of the RR alum, have a hand in kind of changing how at least basketball media has been been viewed in this country and like Mm. it's gotten younger it's gotten maybe not in the traditional channels yet but it's gotten younger it's gotten more diverse it's gotten more you know 
aware of the fact that we are conduits between the fan base and the team. Like it's not, it's not this like crazy deep thing all the time and it can be, but like at, at its core, you know, it's a, it's an entertainment thing and it's part of connecting the fans of the team. And I don't think anyone has um, struck that note as cleanly and made it as feasible professionally as Will has over these years. So um, obviously a huge fan of his work and his voice and, um, you know, seeing him turn on JV was hard to become the the number one voice against JV Hive. Um, I, yeah, was, bro, I was covering this man's. I was giving analysis like eight hundred words to a thousand words on just Lithuania at EuroBasket. The way yeah. that I got to know some of these other Lithuanians on the team that I have never heard from <laughs> again. You know, like um, no man, it was a good time. Shout yeah. out to uh, Baltic Giants. Game six was great though. Like, like having to stop you from hugging me a oh, little man. bit because I'm nah. like, yo, I'm on press row. I'm not. I don't want to lose my press pass. No, nah, uh, it was literally right me head downstairs. Yeah, we were in. So we were in Oakland. It was me, Blake, Chris Haynes. Right? <laughs> Chris Haynes is there, literally like scribbling on his like. He's trying to do the ballots for the finals MVP. Like some real serious shit. Okay. He actually and asked I'm, him, I'm he, whisper I'm whispering Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. Yo, I, I'm not even kidding. I told him I was like, yo, based on this <laughs> game, Fred, because it was the fourth quarter. I mean, he wasn't the guy who put Fred, but shout out Hubie. Uh, I tried to get him to get Fred a second vote. Um, but in, as you guys remember, there was that long ass timeout because Draymond committed that random foul with 0.9 <laughs> seconds left. So there was like a long period of confusion. And during that time, it clicked me. I was like, yo, we're really gonna win the championship here. And I like, I like grabbed Blake's arm and I was like, yo, holy shit, we're here. They're going to win. And Blake's like, bro, please, <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> let me go, man. But uh, no, nah, the, cool, you man. smoking the cigar is the, that's the mm. lasting image until we get a Kyle Lowry statue. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's, they that's need it. a, they need a video board outside of Scotiabank. That's just you smoking that cigar <laughs> uh, until they get the statue built. But I think, Will, that goes to, like, how impressive it is that you do what you do. Because, like, I learned early that I had to separate my emotional connection to be able to, like, actually analyze the game and analyze the Raptors properly. Mm-hmm. But you're able to be all the way in it and then step back right away. And then, you know, whatever it is you're breaking down, you know, it comes across as completely, like, professional and uh, to the point. So, you know, I, I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you gonna bring up man the media row antics man it's been a while this is the closest we've had to like pre-pandemic sitting on media row yeah we should, all be, we should all be pre-season. eating a hot dog right now yeah man. i was gonna say alex you didn't you didn't send us each a little bulk barn bag <laughs> oh, before man, this pod oh man no but but i think both of you no both of you make great points about kind of will's point of view and approach and i just want to keep complimenting him because i know it makes him oh, um, extremely this? uncomfortable this is gonna be a roast man and, so, you know, so always said, we're, we're trying to see how no. big that head can be yeah <laughs> you're, see, you're seeing it right now bro look at his forehead man Yo, <laughs> this guy's got me wearing a two nah, man, this is hard. No. Nah, you can play nah, seven but, aside on that thing man but, but, but listen man listen man don't don't distract from the main discussion which is you listen 
listen, you you're like Shohei Otani, man. You know, the, Yo, way, okay, you do, the way you do ten things and a react pod. That's oh, like Otani pitching and hitting, man. You know, that's, I'm that's glad you said it because it would have been super racist if I said you it's like Otani. <laughs> yeah, you also remind me of Hideki Matsui at times. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> you know, Dice Matsuzaka with the way you just like mix it up, mix your pitches up. No, but but will man, like honestly, like you know, obviously we've we've done a lot of work. Mm, together yeah. you know the last couple of years you know i think we've obviously known each other more you know before this but like the last few years is probably the most we've ever yeah i guess you know been together from like a work on like a work basis you know literally talking to each other every week you know doing our show and things like that and you know just i just i appreciate you bro uh like that that's it you know i, I think i tell you a lot of things all the time you know um but like that's it man you know i think blake made a really good point too you know like the four of us and a lot of other people here in Toronto, you know, I feel like, to be honest, like, I don't think we need to sugarcoat it. Like we shape, we shape a lot of the, the coverage, you know, we shape the direction of how people kind of see the team and the conversations that, that we should have, you know, from the mm. work that Vivek does, obviously Blake will, you know, myself tweeting the same four things all the time. Um, right. Like, oh, you know, it's no, it's, um, you know, I think we all do very important work and, and will you, you've put in the work, you know, every, every Raptors game, you're there, you know, mm. uh, cons- conspicuously missing, you know, last, last weekend for a summer league game. That's okay. Yo, I went camping one time, man. Yo, no, come it's on. fine, man. I guess all you right. need to have a life sometimes, you know, you're not fully dedicated, but it's yeah. fine. But you know, uh, what, whatever, whatever next steps you take in your career, you know, uh, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there supporting you. Yeah. Yeah, you'll, 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 be, you'll, you'll be trying to get it. You'll be trying to get a check. I understand. I understand how this goes, man. No, I, I honestly, like, first off, a huge thank you to everything you guys are saying. Like, it, it's really, uh, it's it's really nice to hear. We're not gonna be LeBron and be like, you know, it's, you know, it's really humbling that you know that people call me, you know, all these things. No, I appreciate that. But I think for me, like personally, the best part about working in this business is like the people. And I've gotten, I've been really lucky to work with all of you. Blake, obviously, going back to the R days at at, at the score as well um just working directly and of course like you know we've been we've been close ever since then but getting to work with Alex and, and Vivek the last few years especially at Yahoo like it was a great opportunity like I think the, the vision of what the team put together there was was fantastic because you know maybe it looks better in retrospect because you're like well of course they had this team together but I think before that happened like we had to sort of at least prove in terms of like why we got in these spots right like I was just like I mean I, I was writing and stuff at the score and stuff like that but like you know that that coverage wasn't mainstream that wasn't consistent that didn't have to hit different audiences that didn't have to hit a bigger audience across different verticals and I think that that opportunity was there but you know it was really cool seeing you guys come up too man I mean of course like Blake has always been light years ahead of the game and like we're we're all still trying to catch up to Blake but you know watching you know V you know everything that you're doing man it's 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 been really impressive um and even with, and with Alex, not to make you feel old, man, but like I was a fan of Alex before I got to know Alex, and no longer am I a fan. I'm just a friend of Alex now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's just a regular dude. <laughs> I, I thought you were going with like Alex fell off. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't fall off. No, nah, man, was... I'm 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 Jadakiss, man. People appreciate me in 15 years, man. Uh, yeah, Alex is, is. going to be on blog versus. <laughs> it just like it's versus, but you just drop a quick yo. Take. You got one uh, paragraph. Yo, we'll bust out the songs, man. I'll go head to head with anyone. No, that's how much Alex writes in a you know. <laughs> anyway, it's just one paragraph. <laughs> yo, stop, stop, stop telling people about my plans, man. Oh, Come by, on, by the way, bro, we have we have to talk about your book, man. We, we fight all the time. We talk. We joked. About this is all the book. promo I get on your damn fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. this is all Come you're on, getting in, in, in the hour mark of the, of the 
come episode on, man. Go that Google, is just go, purely self-serving, just man. Go Google Alex Wong cover story on any book sites and order, man. It was top 100 uh, on Amazon this Wait, week. Wait, I thought it was top it one was or what was it? What was it? It was like the top 100 of all books on Amazon. This but, week. But, it, but, it, but in sports, number what was it? In basketball, number mm, one. In number sports, one. Journalism. No, mm, no, I appreciate everyone's support. Number this week, one. You know, put the pre-orders out. You know, obviously you guys were super supportive, always been supportive as well. Yeah. So. I'm and, actually going to uh, pay money for your book. Yeah, it'll pay money for this book. I'm working on a I'm working on a Raptors book right now, actually. Twenty that'll be out twenty twenty three. Wow, okay. About the the origin of how about the Raptors Scotty came Barnes? to Toronto <laughs> and the first season. Uh, I've been workshopping some names, but you no, know, we'll leave that for later. There, there's wow. my promo. But back to you. That's it. All right. Yeah, man. All right. I thought you were gonna do like a live reading of like a, a chapter or no, something. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to spoil your party. <laughs> it's about you, man. All right. No, but no. Seriously though, it's the best part about working this is like seeing everybody grow and like <clears throat> like the you know obviously going to a game everything is fun but like going to the game and like you know man it's like 7 30 game we all get there like 5 5 30 blake's there from three o'clock <laughs> for some reason blake lives at the arena um no but like Alex chatting is with just you guys. like scoping out nelson or, or Keyshawn's car to like get the shit back <laughs> oh, court man. side it's like yo the second you come in Oh man, does Roven listen to this? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, make, make sure you get Alex's press credential for next year, <laughs> please. <laughs> he needs it. His Instagram name needs it. No, but that's no, the best part, man. Honestly, and and like I, I joke about the media row stuff, but like it, it's been really fun just like watching on these games with you guys. Like I can't really imagine you guys not being there at the game, and I'm just like freaking out on media row and like the photographer, like 16 chairs down. It's like, yo, can you shut the fuck up and try to take a photo, like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, he probably did say that. I just didn't hear it because you guys were around me and stuff. So, no, it's cool, man. I mean, in terms of playoff moments, like that was, you know, just being able to like um, share in all those with you guys. I, I mean, the championship run was like sensational, right? But like, you know, getting to do all those episodes with you guys, just even just taking in those moments with you guys. Um, I remember even after game six, it was like it, it, the Easter Conference Finals. It was like probably four o'clock after, like 3.30 in the morning after I was done coverage and Blake was done coverage. And, we, you know, I hugged him and, and, I think I might have even lifted you up and I, we took a photo together and stuff. Like it was, that's the kind of stuff that like, I mean, you know, maybe as like professional media is like harder to justify in terms of like, I, like I'm clearly not going to lift like Doug Smith and do this, but like, um, <laughs> which would be pretty funny if I did. Um, but I think that's the coolest part is like having to, to work with your friends, man. And that, that's, that's, I, 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 that is the absolute, absolute best part of doing this, you know? So I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, I mean, Alex, I remember the Eastern Conference Finals. We did the post-game show right after yes, Game sir. 6. And yes, I remember those first five minutes, we just sat there and we were just so content. And we yeah. were just like, God, I just want to sit here and like soak this moment in. Yeah. And like, those are things that I'll always remember, right? Like where we were at those different moments when they happened. Um, and like, yeah, like you said, the, the parallels between that Yahoo team and the championship team like we went all out and yeah, i'm not going to say too much but we knew we were doing something great because we had some people shook yeah and that's true no we, we also got a lot of feedback like you know from people around the city and i'm sure you guys did too you know i had a lot of people you know in the sports broadcasting industry that you know i've never really talked to that reached out and just wanted to say nice things about us and you yeah. know shouts shouts again to to a lot of the team you know shouts obviously you know dan toman mac and, and all the people kind of putting us you yeah, know in, in, yeah. in these in these positions right you know i think obviously it's on us to um to execute and all of that stuff but you need people to believe in you in this industry too and i think 
especially sometimes in Toronto, I think it's hard, you know, sometimes there is a huge divide between say, you know, digital media and like traditional media and like traditional Raptors uh, faces that people are used to. But I think more and more, it's just hard to ignore that, that the work that all of us are doing and the way that we're like Blake was saying earlier, the way we're connecting with the fans and stuff like that. So, you know, as, as with every podcast I've ever done with Will, I've turned it into a referendum on wow. uh, media in Toronto. So Yo, come on, man. It feels like my job have, is it done. Feels like you have strong feelings about this. The biggest thing Dan and Mac did was they just let us be us. Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. In terms of content, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. They were like, Hey, we consider you guys to be the ones that are going to be communicating with the fans. You guys have done a great job of doing that already. So mm. just do it how you do it. Yeah. And then that made our lives that much easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, think about it, V. Like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but like, I hadn't done a lot of video up to that point, you know, in terms no. of doing video work. You know, yeah, a lot of, either, I yeah. think you and me, yeah. And you, I don't know, Will, obviously you've done podcasts, but then we transitioned more to like a video stuff with like even like Kawhi Watch and V, you were talking about. And you know, some of my favorite memories was doing those post game shows, you know, me, you, and, you know, uh, Toronto Tyler legend Ennis. Harrison Sanford. Yeah. Yo, Tyler bro, Ennis. How are you going to leave you know? Tyler Ennis out of this, man? <laughs> <laughs> shout out Tyler Ennis. I only shout out people who could potentially be listening. Uh, no, yeah, but um, not him. Then. But no, just just V like doing all those shows with you. You talk about like the conference finals and all that stuff. I remember when the Raptors went down 2-0 against Milwaukee. Like I was so down on them. And Harrison's just like, no, man, no, man, you don't know basketball. And I guess I didn't know basketball. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, and the Raptors came back. Bro, I had a vacation Yo. booked. I had a vacation booked to like Cuba or like the uh. Dominican Republic. I was on the last page to pay now. And then I was like, all right, let's just wait till after game three. And then, uh, you know, Chris Middleton missed that shot. And uh, the rest is history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Man, man, you had you had that uh, episode after the championship <laughs> run where you had like 20 people on. That this is my idea for this so show. Cool. But th- that's my idea for this show. Although I, I don't have a producer right now to, to help me with that, so I can only do what I can. But uh, no, I mean, I, that, and that's I think that's the whole idea was like I just wanted to like a talk to you guys because you're my friends, but like b like, I think like sort of celebrate and sort of make these conversations um, happen in, in maybe a larger platform. Just because like I think these are probably more authentic to the conversations that you would probably have with with your friends and that was always the goal so to speak from that perspective so now i appreciate you guys i don't v okay so I, I was trying to look up the numbers before getting into this podcast it was too many to count but v is definitely the the podcast appearance leader alex is number two but i it was like i was making a list of like the first few guests and i and i kind of quit after like a month of episodes because there were already way too many at that point but um yeah v you were the th- so Blake was the first ever guest. Alex was the second ever guest. V, you were the third. Then I got Mo Dekeel. Um, great to follow on Twitter and just a great video guy. Sirit, so he came on the podcast, which is amazing. Uh, and then Serge Ibaka. So you guys were all on the pod before Serge, <laughs> which uh, which is just a random uh, random step. But no, but seriously, though, V, you were on. You were, honestly, you're probably on here like once every six episodes. Right? I was it's looking true. throughout the playoffs and like every single one was just me. Any single time I needed anything, I'd be like, because you and I sat together in the office. And I was just like, yo, you want to talk? You want to talk? You want to talk? You're like, all right, fine, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, sometimes we'd rec- record like right in the executive suite right after the game. <laughs> well, oh, the yeah. Ernst and Young, the legendary yeah. Ernst and Young room. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you to Ernst and Young. The unofficial. Yeah, Ernst and Young. No, this is the thing, man. Like Blake, Blake's obviously doing his important things at the Athletic, and then, and then Vivek, you know, was hopping on the podcast. And I, I always know you make it clear to me, Will. I'm, I'm the option when anybody drops out. 
when any yo yo, I'll be honest. When anybody drops out, or when you need like good vibes, when they're like in the midst of like losing eleven out of twelve, yeah, you just bring me on to say my same four slogans, and here we go. No, the people love you guys. What can I say? Man? I, I, I am I the campaign this. manager. No, you're campaign. You're campaign doing dancing. I'm Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, Never really underestimate the positivity of Alex Wong. Yo, yeah, that's so. that's honestly the dynamic, man. Oh. All right. Um, I think this probably cuts off, I, I guess, the first half of the episode. So if you guys want to dip um, or if you guys got other things to do, go ahead. Um, if you guys want to stay on, you guys can as well. But uh, I'm going to try to bring on the, the second half of the, the crew. All right, joining us, uh, I guess, for the second half of the show, more people to, uh, to, to. I don't know, man. This is a real self-serving last episode. I really was. This is this show's about the fans. This show's about the fans, and no one embodies that more than Josh Hart, my Colin show co-host, calling and taking sh- uh, calls from fans. Um, Josh, I, I think obviously people know who the real MVPs of the the Colin show are. That's obviously Vitali. That's that's Kate. Our, our other regular callers if you had like one like just random um deep cut favorite caller who would it be i remember the the one that comes to mind immediately was on the first show or the first or second show this guy called in um and was asking about uh, raptors free agent targets same stuff we always talk about oh yeah and uh we're talking about like the hope to get Giannis, and he said Giannis is a fraud and i was like what <laughs> Yo. Yeah, the Raptors beat in the playoffs. Giannis is a fraud. <laughs> and oh. every time, because what happened after that was uh. the Bucks flamed out in the playoffs against the Miami Heat. And yeah. he was right. Like, it, it was an amazing call, yeah. you know, uh, a year a year out. And they, yeah. yeah. So, salute to that man. Yeah. Um, but the call shows was great. I'm amazed that. That was all your idea, man. That was the thing. That was all your idea. I don't get any credit for that. That was all you. You came to me like years before that. Or maybe not years, but at least one or two years before that saying, yeah. like, hey, this should be a thing. You should be Raptors Mike Wilner. And then we, we made that happen. And it was like obviously like a huge credit to the producers as well. The technical side was never easy to figure out with that show, as evidenced by our last episode, <laughs> which <laughs> I had to, even just for the audio portion, I had to really heavily pare down. But um. No, man, that was all you, man. I, I got to give a salute to Vin Baker. He, he really came on strong in the, in the, I guess, the second or third iteration of the, of the, uh, of the show. Who else? Um, Ilhan, I hope that she's doing great was, in her first yeah. year. She asked us to, if she should go to Carlton or Auto U, and we never found out what her yeah. decision was. Let us know. Call, I mean, uh, maybe not call us anymore, but uh, at least send us a DM or something. You yeah, know? let us know if you, uh, um, you know, decided to go to Carlton. You didn't what? I thought you were gonna give some Carlton propaganda, man. I did. I did share Carlton propaganda, but I remember asking like, "What program do you want to get into?" And right, right, didn't right. know. And I was like, "Well, that should be, you know, that's your biggest priority." Yeah. No, nah, I I think uh, that is. But you know what it is? It's real. It's real messed up when you ask like seventeen, eighteen year olds to make decisions for the rest of their lives. Like, I don't know shit. When I was 17, I definitely was not concerned about making a Raptors podcast. First off, podcasts weren't really invented. And second of all, I, you know, as much as I love the Raptors, I was going to do like a real job, I guess. But uh, you started behold. as like an econ? No, uh, bio. Then, uh, yeah. Then econ. Uh-huh. Then, I don't know. I think in your third year, you declared your major was marijuana. 
And then... uh, yeah, but that's that's part of the curriculum. Like I don't know what you. What you <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, no, uh, I think, I, I think. So third year, I, I switched, but like I was, I was so many credits into a chemical biology degree that the academic advisor is like, "Look, if you took three more courses here, you, you're going to get this degree. Like, even if you don't want it, like you should probably do it. I mean, it's a lot of money spent on this." And I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'm good. I gotta leave." But uh. That was before, you know, like I, I started doing like student journalism and all that stuff. And I think that's probably where it kind of launched me into this current trajectory. But uh, that was sick. The, like that changed your life. Yeah. People don't know pre-Raptors me, I guess, which is uh, well, which probably for the best, to be honest. Like, uh, that's true. Know, yeah. Influenced your personal life in a way that I don't think you're going to talk about now, but also your professional life in like. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing ways. It defined it defined you that you yeah and this, you know you and I share a passion for student journalism and university papers and yeah, yeah. hope to one day be able to support that community through the opportunities afforded by talking about Raptors. But I, that I think the one takeaway from the Colin show and the stuff that we do is like if you are a university student anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. especially in Ontario, do it. Know, run up on your sports editor or I when I was at Carlton, the media editor, mm-hmm. and ask them for uh, an opportunity because... Yeah. A, they'll say right. yes. They'll definitely you say yes. Say yeah. <laughs> they need help. Yeah. They're understaffed. They're, they're, they're looking for volunteers. People flake out all the time. Well, not flake out. People just get busy and they, they stop sticking with yeah. their legs. So definitely, yeah. That's our and best advice. That's, that's why we wanted to make... Um, you know, our ROEs for the kids, the, our, our scholarship funds, which, you know, technically could still happen. Maybe just on, a, on a, an unofficial sense, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been it was a, a real idea. Amazing two, two years. I remember pitching Dan, the Colin show. Yeah. Literally in an elevator at 99. Oh, that's right. Cause we were, cause we had figured out we need a roadcaster, which is a special like mixer slash like soundboard. And it costs $800. And we were like, there's no way he's going to go for this. It's a lot of money. We don't have a proven concept of this show. We don't necessarily have experience doing this show. Uh, and then I think in the, and, you know, salute to the, the Yahoo office elevators that were quite slow. Um, <laughs> but no, he was talked into it like immediately. You were, you were very, yeah, pers- I mean, you were very persuasive. Although Dan was always a guy who was willing to say yes to like content ideas, you know? Yeah. Dan has, was a great executive at, um, Verizon and mm-hmm. gave lots of people opportunities. Also, so like it, the thing that I, sticks out to me is like getting Ashley to work on our stupid show. Oh my us. god! Salute um, Ashley. She's Ashley probably watching like Emmy award winning producer. Wow, that's correct. Yeah, and this is she. Toman said, "Can you help uh, Will and Josh with their, you know, frankly yeah. ridiculous idea?" And she did, yeah. and she made the show what it is. Like I don't think. Uh, think it would have worked. Also, you know, Amit, Kieran, Stephanie, Ben, Ben. Oh my goodness, Chelsea. Aaron, it, it, yeah, Louisa. Yeah. Work, it, it was awesome. Yep. I miss working at the. Um, she probably Ch- She yeah, I was gonna say Louisa was always good for uh, Rex Doll stories. Like, but before Delano Banton, there was Louisa. <laughs> yeah, her she jersey, loved she, her jersey was the thirty six. She ripped a different bus. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> oh man, um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fine, man. I mean, to, I, I think I, I'm just very happy with. First off, like, just very thankful for the opportunity that Yahoo was able to give. 
to me because I think not only did that give me an opportunity to sort of develop and grow my career. And I think this is, it was the best job I ever had, like period, not even close. Um, but it was also a situation where we had great leadership that was really open to ideas. So I was able to bring in a lot of people that I thought could really work. And it's not like I, you know, I'm not, I don't look at you guys. Like I birthed you guys, you know, that's not what happened, but like, you know, I got a chance to work with you, you know, in an on-air setting. I got a chance to work with Alex, who is still on the zoom call, by the way, He's just yeah. lurking in the background on mute without the video. Dog, this is freaky, all right? <laughs> I know you're there, okay? What's up, guys? You guys are doing a great job. You guys are doing a great job. Um, I'm just here listening this, in, just catching this. up on some emails. I don't I don't want to wake up early tomorrow and have to listen to this podcast, so I just want to listen to it here. So I'm tapping out for now. Uh, have a great chat, guys. Wow, all right. No, you can still stay, man. But uh, anyway, in any case, I, I got to work with everybody, you know what I mean? And that was really cool. Like, I got to, you know, work with... Um, you know, and, and, and really just, I think the point of that is like, you get to tap into sort of the elements and sort of the ideas that everyone else has. Um, because if it was just me, it would just be a really self-serving show kind of like this last episode and people will get tired of it pretty quickly. Um, but I think that, um, you know, getting your, your takes, getting, uh, just like all the interactions, I think is very important, but, but, uh, before we talk about all that, Josh, um, so we brought this up in the first half of the episode because for the first half we had Blake on, we had Alex, we had Vivek. And for some reason I decided to go very straight basketball talk with these guys, just asking for their summer league opinions. And, you know, we kind of arrived at the conclusion of Delano, despite having a guaranteed contract, is probably going to spend a lot of time in the nine, you know, with the nine Oh five. So transit options, this is, I, like, I'm actually thinking about it now. Like it, it would actually be a very, very difficult transit um if he's driving a lot easier to go over mexico to mississauga obviously bordering but um yeah i don't know man if he has to take my way in ttc like this is it's gonna be a real it's gonna be a real rough ride but um what, what are your thoughts on delano so far um i like i you know i i'm gonna be cheering for manton in a way that's irrational but he's mm-hmm. look pretty pretty like a real guy like a guy who has real skills that can develop in the NBA. He's, I was not expecting him to be as coordinated um, as he is. And he's not, you know, perfect in that respect at all, but um, I've been really excited to watch Banton play. But, you know, like, will he be able to be an effective, I, the thing that I'm curious about him, like, will he be a guy who can get downhill in a Raptors offense? Like, can he work a dribble handoff where he has the option to um, take his man into the, uh, under the basket if he can? Mm-hmm. That stuff I'm like not, I don't really see any of that yet, but mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. But the passing is good. Like he's a, he's a guy who um, can see over the most, see over the top of most defenders and has a pretty good, um, like pass and touch. Is that... Go ahead. I was gonna say like that. That makes a lot of sense because I think the idea of what Delano can get to and the upside is is higher than some of the other guys that they've sort of taken flyers on in the past. Um, and the Raptors have done a pretty good job of just taking flyers on guys. But like the the upside with a guy like Delano is higher than you know taking a, a flyer on Utah, right? I think Utah is very serviceable, but you kind of see that the peak of what Utah can do is be a reliable three and D guy off the bench, which is valuable. Get you keep you in the league for a while. Clearly, he's a guy who's very unselfish. Does work for the team, 
Um, but you don't see the playmaking element that Delano is able to introduce. The, the you know, the, the 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 ability to create their own shot to get downhill, that attacking mindset is just totally night and day, right? It's it, it's different than getting a Matt Thomas into the program, for example. Matt Thomas is cool, man. We had a lot of you know, we had a lot of moments with Matt. You know, is he guaranteed uh, next year in Utah? No, I think they waived him. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> just chi- just chiming in here, guys. Uh, as, as a producer on the show, Holy yeah, the, the Jazz recently waived uh, Matt Thomas. I'm, I'm muting myself once again. Have a great chat. <laughs> okay. The Iceman. That's really yeah, they, the they Iceman Paul Wall. <laughs> Paul Wallaby. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm actually quite yeah. surprised that they've because you. you know, I mean, he's. But I mean, you know what I mean, though. That, like that's there's like an upside element to Milano that's like not there with some of these other guys. Even with Terrence Davis, who, you know, um, you know, putting aside all the just the, the, the at least the heinous accusations, things like that. Like, um, you know, even as a basketball player with the skills, I think he was productive in the sense that he could shoot. But like, he just wasn't there in the other elements of the game. wasn't a defender. Didn't think the game at a high level. Didn't set up other guys. Um, didn't have a, a defensive impact. Um, the way Delano could potentially have, and I think that that kind of excites me. I think the overall, um, I guess the overall group, I think is exciting to me. This is something I mentioned in the first half of the show too. But I want to get your thoughts in terms of like, you know, this is a generational shift, right? Kyle's gone. We've gone through this whole period. I guess we can call it the We the North era, and then the We the Champs era, and then all these guys go right. Guys that you love, guys like Serge, Mark, you know, Kyle. Um, Danny, Kawhi, right? Uh, I, I may be missing some guys as well, but like JV, Damar, right? Like all these guys are gone, but you kind of have to make that space for a new group to grow with. Like, I, I, I guess we're at the very outset of it. We're like a penny stock at this moment. Like, how are you feeling about the Raptors, like young group in, in, as a penny stock at the moment? What excites you? Um, what doesn't, what worries you? Give us your, give us your emotional. The thing that I think feel. is really interesting is having these guards who can rebound. Um, okay. like an interest and who can defend like um and can i'm not sure that how they are as initiators but as play connectors i feel pretty confident in them mm-hmm. um, i think it's an interesting way to develop a team i think the the thing that you talked about a lot and we've talked about on the colin show was the timeline for this team and how they're building their how they're building their young core um you have sort of the you had the Fred, Pascal, OG, Norman Powell core. And I guess if, and by switching out Norm for Gary Trent Jr., whatever you think of that, but then seeing the next core um, at the end of last year, it was just Malachi Flynn and get maybe Jalen Harris that you had there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as Malachi showed, you know, winning um, rookie of the month in April and, um, Jalen Harris's great game against the Mavericks. You were like, "What is what is the identity of this group?" Like, yeah, just got like small guards sense. who want who are like trying to score a lot. Yeah. I know Jalen Harris was listed at six five, but no, that was, not, that was a that was a that was a at least six one. Yeah, yes, facts. Yeah. Um, but seeing this crop of you know big guards who can defend um, and rebound is mm-hmm. this interesting element. I think that that's a that's a kind of interesting young core to come up behind OG and Pascal. And what I'm hoping they find there is um, more reliable playmaking options to mm-hmm. back up those guys. 
and maybe one day eventually we'll find a shooter who who can help yeah. these teams have like the 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 thing that I don't like is there's still no clear indication what their um, half court offense of the future is. Right, right. Um, it's almost like they're not thinking about it. Yeah, which is strange. I think maybe the prevailing thought in the past was like you can get defenders easily. Defenders are undervalued, but the Raptors have gone almost. They have approached defense and especially versatile defenders who have long wingspans that can guard multiple positions. They've almost approached that like that is the um, the, the and it marked the, the the most valuable trade in the market, which it probably is. I think they probably have identified that, and they probably identified that guys who can create in the half court are probably less valuable than maybe than what it what it would appear when you watch the game. Maybe that's the eye test that that does seem. Um, you know, maybe the most valuable is when you see a guy who can take the last second shot and it's a fadeaway and he makes a jumper and you're like, that guy won the game for us. Whereas, you know, the Raptors probably see the, the, the 47 minutes and 55 seconds before that where, like, guys were making rebounds, guys were taking charges, guys were, you know, swiping the ball, guys were denying one side of the floor. And so this guy got neutralized and the game got into close enough in the position where the last shot could be deciding in their favor. Like, that's probably what the Raptors have gone with. And, you know, that's that's cool to me. I, I think that it's it's different than what the rest of the league is trying to do. You know, even the way they play defense is the way it's different than the, way the rest of the league. The rest of the league has, you know, gone back to essentially drop defenses with a big, with a Rudy Gobert, with like a Brooke Lopez, with like, you know, DeAndre Aiden even. And, okay, you, sit, you, you, you come back and you try to take away the pain and you sort of give up a couple of shots. The Raptors have approached defense now. Like, they're not going to give up anything. Like, forget, like, oh, yeah, we'll give up the mid-range or we'll give up the, the pull-up three at the top, like Milwaukee, or or we'll give up, you know, whatever, the corner three. Raptors are saying all we're not giving up Midwest anything. Teams, all these Midwest teams, like, and that's the thing. It'll be interesting to see the teams that follow suit because you're seeing, like, Chicago had this, like, switchy defense that they'd scrapped all – so they scrapped last year. Like, they just mm-hmm. said, this is – look, we have for freaking Laurie Markkinen. What are we trying to do here? That guy is as mobile as you or me. That's yeah. you know, I mean, or if if you're still out there, <laughs> if he's but he's, he's um, listening, he's actually the next guest we're bringing into the episode. <laughs> no, um, I think that I think that the I, I do wonder what the um what the culture shift in Toronto does across the league because having these teams that sacrifice nothing on defense and demand a lot, especially from their bigs. Um, and their and their guards are expected to be quite physical. I, I I do wonder if it'll have an influence. Like, are we going to see these teams, you know, scoring eighty six points against the Raptors? And if yeah. so, does the league go that way? And do we see pace numbers completely fall off the cliff? Yeah, no. The way the Raptors are building um, their current roster is similar to the way I used to be the GM for the Raptors Republic tournament teams, where I knew who my scorer was essentially. But we were just going to hope to, like, get some guys with some length, with some, like, bucket. Forget the buckets. Just guys who can play hard, play some defense, and ultimately give the ball to one guy. And that's Assad. Assad, man, what's going on? I'm Thanks good, man. How time. you doing? How you doing? Of course, man. Thanks for making time. I know, you're, I know you're busy. You're knee-deep in a what, – what are you doing? Accounting stuff? Alex, I mean, wait, wait. And what kind of accounting stuff would, uh, what, would an accountant be doing in, in August, August 15th? Uh, you know, he's probably just looking at the bad debts right now, you know, looking at that was 30 um, minutes ago. I'm actually yeah. doing a payroll <laughs> analytic right now. Just yeah, doing he's doing some count. payroll analytics. He's probably following up with some intern at the poor company who doesn't have no idea what Assad's talking about. And Assad has no idea what he's talking about. So I think yeah. that's about it. 
right. All right. <laughs> yeah, Alex, so, the, so you, the, the, for the past 40 minutes, Alex has just been, you know, mute and silent. But uh, with the rare exception of when we talked about whether Matt Thomas was cut from Utah, and he can't, he chimed in, and now this. So I'm happy he's still here. Uh, aside, man, I appreciate you for joining me on the, the last episode of Raps Over Everything. Um, obviously, all the slander episodes we've done um somehow hasn't gone back to us man we haven't had that much blowback from it which is surprising i I do wonder if that that will be the case moving forward uh but you know it's it's been real man what's what's what was your favorite slander pod moment i guess if i had to start there if you had to pick one i I definitely have one one. i have one in mind yo so it's there are two that stand out to me more than any of them okay and the one i'm going to pick is the one that was more important but the first one was like they're both against philly both Ooh, slander okay, okay, okay. There was Joel Embiid zero point game. Yeah, which that's what like, I had in mind. That was epic, but it was actually the playoffs game one. That was oh, the best slander pod because right. that one. Oh right, yeah. So this right. is what happened. So like, I got tickets to go to game one mm-hmm. uh, from you know very uh, generous person on Twitter. Shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, so we go to game one, watch game one. Pascal and Kawhi just eviscerate the Sixers. This, right? Yo, they had like seventy four points. Yeah. <laughs> Something like, like that. just annihilate them by themselves, like not missing a shot. It was crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, at, and as like we're watching the game, there's a Sixer fan behind us who just like throws his shirt like in a drunken rage, um, like mm. three, three, three rows ahead of him, and then walks out, which is yeah. you know hilarious. Did he call Ben uh, Simmons a crumb bum? <laughs> no, it's Michael, like, Michael Rubin. Was, actually, at that time, he was very upset at Brett Brown. He's like Brett Brown doesn't know. He was Michael Rubin. Like, <laughs> 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 All right. So and then so anyways, leave the game. We're hyped. And then I'm I'm walking back to like the the parking structure that's like on church I think or something like that right the big parking structure, and I'm sitting there and like there's just a lineup of cars going out so I'm just on Twitter and I see that video of Drake just telling all the players to get the fuck out of there get the fuck out of here yeah, you yeah. know going one by one and I hit up Will and Will's like yo let's do a slender pod and I'm like <laughs> all right I'm not gonna get out of this parking structure anytime soon I'm like where are you he's like oh I'm in the arena just reach so I go back to the arena and the arena. Oh. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, Will, the so, close, yeah. So Will opens the side door. We sneak back into the arena. <laughs> I'll lose my to, media pass after this. It's yeah. all good. This. And like <laughs> and Will's like, yo, yo, just uh just follow follow behind me or whatever, right? I got a media pass, like just act nonchalant. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, tell you how just I'm say dressed. you're Vivek Jacob. Right, I'm, dressed, <laughs> I'm dressed in like in like ball sweats and like like this black zip-up hoodie, right? And I've got like a, a like basketball backpack on my back, right? Like my ball oh, backpack. Man. So I'm walking, oh. Will's walking, we're both walking through, security comes by, he's like, hey, need to see a media pass. Doesn't say anything to me, just gives me a head nod, lets me keep going, checks Will for his media pass. Yeah, I'm like, good. damn, that is hilarious. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. I'm all good, oh, man, he, man. Must, he's, he must be here for a reason. And then we sat down in- He probably thought like, you are on the team, bro, because <laughs> <laughs> you were probably in the head-to-toe Nike zip-ups, man. This guy. <laughs> So then we go into the E and Y suite. I think it was like one of the mm-hmm. one of the accounting firm suites. Shout yeah, out to Alex. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then we record this podcast that was just pure brilliance. And that was yeah. the one where I now nah, you said Raptors in five. A straight up, I thought you they were in five, five too. You said Yo, Raptors in five. They would have too if it wasn't for you know Kawhi. Like, I, why could no one shoot that series? But yeah, no one. Like, shoot. yo, if Danny Green could hit a shot in the playoffs, that would have been Raptors in five. But alas. <sighs> But that was great because we called uh, Ben Simmons, Michael Carter, uh, Outback Carter Williams. Yeah, yep. we called. Uh, we, I think you just called JJ Redick, JJ racist. That was straight yeah, up. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Uh, had up. no slander for Jimothy Butler. All respect nah, we to love him. him. Yeah, we love him. Uh, we had Dreamville Carmelo Anthony. 
aka Tobias Harris. <laughs> no, no, we're talking about we're talking about the ball legend right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had uh, then we had no knees Olajuwon. Oh, uh, no, uh, that was a that was a great run, man. That was fantastic. That was that's my favorite slander pod by far, man. When I, did the slander? When did the slander pod officially come into its own, man? Like, was it a like a rap republic? Oh, it was. Thing? It no, was a rap republic thing. It was before the rap. Yeah, it was a Raptor Republic episode that we did, right? Because it was um, it was a game against the Lakers, and we just smacked the Lakers so bad. So it was oh, like, yo, yo, yo was that was that when we were all watching a live at Hamdies? Because when we that was one. No, 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 that was the game together. Maybe yes, yeah, way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 we didn't. no, 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 that wasn't. It. it was a different game. I think it was a game where uh, it was either the game where Serge had thirty or Kyle took that charge on LeBron, where Kyle hit those stupid mm, shots. Right, Basically, right. we eviscerated that team, completely annihilated them. Yeah. And Will's like, "Yo, you want to just reach and talk trash about the Lakers?" I'm like, "Happily." Yeah. And that was the birthplace of the slander pot. Then we just yeah. did them. No, it, it used to be wilder than than what it what it is now, which. You know, it's kind of funny considering <laughs> like it's still pretty bad now. But like, yeah, man. L- luckily, um, we haven't actually caught that much blowback, which is always my fear. Like, you know, yeah. one time you guys have the losing game. streak. Yeah, every oh, time yeah. you do a slander, yeah. ball, the Raptors lose the next game. That's also true. Yeah, which um, and also this past season we had a whole <laughs> we did too many slander pods the previous season, so this whole season was a losing streak. The season was incredible because we had people on Twitter like begging for a slander pod. And anytime, beat, like, be like OKC, yo, I'm like, they have 12 wins. Like, 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 like no, nah, a slander pod, man. Gary, Chris Boucher just hit a three to clinch the game, and I'm like, okay, we need a slander pod at 45, man. <laughs> I have to make a rule that, like, yo, it had to be above 500, which only ever happened we, even once. No, and we broke that rule because when we beat the Bucks, we were like a game back of 500, and that was the only slander pod. No, no we had. got two 500. You got two 500. Yeah, and yeah, then did you? You guys didn't run it back when they beat the Sixers. No, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't. No, I, I was I weird though. We didn't need to do back to back. Like, yeah, yeah, it would have been weird. We didn't have to force it. But no, that was the whole point, man. Uh, you know, Assad was like a dessert, I guess, like a like a real freaky dessert that you would get <laughs> you <laughs> know, for certain episodes of the podcast, man. The uh, great part about the slander pods was, I think, after the first one that we did, every time that I'd be on, there was some dude that commented, "Is like, oh man." Yeah. These guys recording out of their parents' basements with all these ums, ahs, and like this, uh, what was it, slang? It was like urban slang or whatever they were using. And I was like, well, first of all, I am in my parents' basement. And then we started every episode after that. The next three episodes, I started it with like NPR voice. Yes, the the, the the accountant voice. Yeah. Yeah, I would ask you for generic accounting advice, which, uh, no, man. I I, honestly, like, you know, I think um, just, I, I never had any hesitation with bringing you on, uh, but I, I anticipated maybe my bosses being like, hey, what, what, what is this? Like, we're just suddenly going to do this. But it, it never happened like that. They're, they always kind of rolled with it, which is, again, like, it's part of what was so cool about the, the Yahoo experience was just like, you know, people willing to take chances. And realistically, like, the chances weren't that big. I think kind of what I, you know, sort of stepping back from like looking at the, the slider pod is like, in general it's just like this is how most fans operate like have you ever opened twitter.com yeah during a raptors game it could be it could be a 30 point lead for the raptors and someone's like yo fred's five four and, and shoots shoots layups with his feet like it's, it's you know what i mean like that's just how the conversation is and so i like, think well that's your superpower it. that's what makes you you like you are i think to many people in the city like the the guy who covers the team who sounds like them who makes references that they understand that mm. um, appeals to the kind of people that many Raptors fans are. And it's, 
it is not just it's not a it's not an accident that by incorporating these things you've been successful it's by bringing your whole self and being the the person you are that's made you my favorite person in the city and i think a lot of people's favorite person in the city because you yeah you are the kind of person who understands that the best person to tease chris middleton after a, a especially gratifying raptors win is an accountant from mississauga yeah absolutely no, it's, it's wild, man. And what? No, I'm, so, I'm, I'm just gonna chime in here because we're complimenting bro, well, and that's what right. I'm here for. <laughs> Alex, you know, bro, go a, do your a, job, man. A great thing, a great thing that you you've done, you know, like Assad and, and Josh were talking about, is just build out this Raptors cinematic universe. You know, mm-hmm. like like doing the Colin yeah. show with Josh. You know, doing the slander pods with Assad. You know, doing the pander pods with me. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I think that's. That's what Josh, I think just kind of echoing what Josh Josh was saying. It's that this is how people talk about the Raptors. This is how people want to talk about basketball. And yeah, that's sure. why people gravitate to your work so much versus wa- watching the same talking heads all, all the time. Like, who do you actually want to go listen to at the end of a Raptors game? And it's Will. I'll, uh, I'll meet myself again. See you guys wow. later. And I, well, can I, I, on all that, just to, just to, just to yeah. talk on this. So one thing that was special about what Will did was that like after a Raptor game, so like in 2016, 2017, after a Raptor game, like if you listen to it on the radio, then you hear like, you know, a fan 590, like post game or something where it's like a live call and show with fans, but those fans, like it was a completely different demographic. Right. Yeah. Versus what Will did in like a digital product was basically create a similar type of show, but engage like the type of commentary that diehard um twitter fans would be like what what's actually happened online right because online is where the most diehard fans are right yeah absolutely these are the people that are literally you know spending their lunch break looking at you know delano banton's uh summer league stats you know (laughs) like just like oh well if you look at the trend line here like oh well kyle lowry always shoots poorly the first six games of the season like you know like these are the type of things and these are the people that you engaged in a way that there was no engagement for these people before. Like it was an entire demographic that had nowhere to go post game other than stay on Twitter. And this show basically created a place where it's like, all right, like let me get my Twitter takes off. Let me listen to this and just Mm -hmm. get my laugh off. Just like to wear down the, 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 what's the word? Um, Adrenaline. There's yeah, exactly. There's a ton of adrenaline after every game. I think that's probably what sustains everything that I'm trying to do. Cause it's like, objectively speaking very hard to like instantly pump out a thousand two hundred words out of your brain to send to an editor and then to like actually have it be published in a way that people are going to read and then then have the energy to do a show and then upload it like it, it's 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 a lot of um i guess responsibilities post game but it, it's really just like the high of post game because honestly after i do that like what i do is i go through twitter i check what the conversations were i go through reddit i check what the conversations were there were i go through real gm i like i'm like i'm i'm really one of these people man. <laughs> like I, i'm really about it so um i think no I, I appreciate that but really i you know you guys are i think as i said to josh like this is like you know the best part about um this whole thing is that like i was able to involve so many of y'all and like i look at myself like like tom thibodeau and you guys are just, you guys are just like the same six oh, players. Taj I, I bring everywhere. So you guys can decide amongst yourself who is Taj Gibson, who is Luol Dang, who is Joakim Noah, who's uh, Nate Robinson, or who else, man? Keith Bogans. Yeah, Will does Will does run us for a lot of minutes every time. No, absolutely, bro. These podcasts are never short. Ground. It's like two hours every time. It's 3 a.m. 
Yeah, no, no bro. I, the amount of times I've called aside at 3 a.m. And then afterwards, he's like, all right, I got to go home and do work. I will say one of my favorite pods that Will did was post-championship. I think it was like 6 a.m. or 3 a.m. in the morning or something where it yeah, got yeah. All, I think all of us on just to do a random pod. And then I think a couple of days later, then we did like the lunchtime, like calling yeah. show, right? Yeah, yeah. Those two were amazing. Like, because the, the championship was night, it was like, nobody slept this night. It's like no. 4 a.m., 5 a.m. You know, everybody yeah. hop on. Let's just do a pod. Yeah. And that was fantastic. No, you, you, Alex, and Sahal were the, uh, were the, the post championship, like Toronto correspondents. Like, I was really looking forward to like hearing what the, the coverage was like in various parts, you know. Get the Milton perspective, get the downtown Toronto perspective, get the Richmond Hill perspective, you know. And just a shout out, Alex. I know he's working on a book, right? Um, we, this we've time already, we've already shouted out the book. We don't need no, to no, do no. This. But I just want to say that podcast because he dropped the link for the the championship book that they did. Oh yeah, right yeah. after the championship book. But he posted the American link for the purchase first, so I bought it right away. I paid like twenty dollars more than I should have for this book. <laughs> This is because this he is a, posted the American League first, and I just wanted—I just want him to know that he needs to post right. the Canadian League first. Save your boy a little bit of money. It yeah. took longer to ship. I had to pay conversion <laughs> fees on my credit card. <laughs> this guy's paying yeah, tariffs. Just, just Alex tapping in here. No, Assad. You know, I, I know, I know the accounting track and what the salaries are like, and I know how many <laughs> years you've been in the game. So trust me, you can afford some extra shipping. Uh, muting myself once again. Wow. Nah, man, this guy didn't work at Sears, so it's, it might be different. Um, yeah, man. No, I, I, I honestly think that, like, but really, like, I, I what I try to do is, like, I, I, try, I do try to, like, hold a mirror, I think, to what the conversations are out there. And, like, you guys are the guys I, I will talk to all the time. Like, I don't want to expose what's in our DMs. Uh, it, but it's oh. not that substantially different. I mean, some of the things are different. I, I think I, you know... Yeah. Anyway, I don't even. Yeah, they aren't substantially different. Just like, just because we can put it out there now, like yeah. Will's ten things, seven of them are from our <laughs> group. Yeah, yeah. Like around halftime, I'm like, "Yo, bro, come on, man. I, I need two <laughs> more. Man. <laughs> what do you see? I need two more. All I write is just the one like adjective at the at the beginning <laughs> before the colon. The rest is just. Yo, I thought. Tell me, what am I disgusted by? <laughs> oh man, Will just pops into the DM. He's like, "Guys, what was that?" It's like. We agree. He's like, okay, read the 10 things. All righty. Yeah. No, well, you know, honestly, the second half of last, this, this past season was tough, man. What did you want me to say? It went, when the, the worst part, I guess we were pretty, I was pretty lucky in this like two and a half year run, but the lowest part was when there were fewer players than things, <laughs> which was the whole month of fucking April, man. Uh, April and May was fucking six, seven guys playing. I, I gotta write two things on. on you know, I, went, I was rewatching like the highlights. Oh, I was watching old Malachi highlights, and like one of his like twenty-seven points in that Indiana game, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at the roster in the Indiana game. Like they legit only had six or seven players on the team available. Yeah. No, I'm so, not. Even they played. They had Aaron Baines in the corner, and they ran the hammer play for him, bro. A hammer play for Aaron Baines to get a corner three. Because he, sh- he was, he was the, the small forward. It was Baines, Gillespie, and Birch on the court at the same time. And that was the best lineup they could do. But, yeah, the thing, if you're looking at, like, um, NBA stats and info, there are some Raptors, like, five-man lineups. With 23 minutes, you're like, well, how the hell did this happen? Like, yeah, yeah. These, guys, these guys all end the game, like, end games together, if, if at all. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you'd have like Fred and um, Paul Watson and Yuda <laughs> and Stanley. And like, is this like a, am I yeah. am hallucinating this? 
No, this yeah, past season, but this was, season was quite no. well. This is where I gotta like, yeah, real, really thank fans for people who like actually like listen to follow along this past season because like it was just dark. To go to, just to go to some analysis, this is why like when people are like, oh, going into the season, what's it gonna be like without Kyle? What's it gonna be like without? pascal injured i'm like man if i go back and search up the highlights of like most of these games or og yeah. fred went off those guys were playing because most of the season we were down guys constantly yeah. so i'm like guess what it's gonna be that just with much better depth i think it'll be okay yeah. overall yeah are you are you excited about these young guys that you're seeing in summer oh league? i'm very excited i i'm I like this crew man the young it's, guys like delano is gonna be i think he's gonna do a big 905 run mm-hmm. and he'll probably you know he might play some games through the end of the season and see what happens he might be like it depends on what his shot can be, right? But he does some really interesting things, yeah. and I think just his height and if he can move with NBA level athletes, then I think he, he'll get some playing time here and there. Yeah. We know the, you think the rebounding gonna, sticks. He was like top twenty rebounding in the Big Ten. He's long as hell, man. I know that's the yeah, thing that makes so me really cool. excited. And if he if he's a guy who can rip down the rebound and start a fast break, like mm-hmm. having him and Scotty with that skill set, a guy who can go rip down also, and I make the right pass. I'm yeah. delighted. Could also, he be Sean Livingston? I think that was like the yeah. the, the hopeful situation, yeah. right? Sean Livingston had that like go-to pull-up mid-range jumper that looked like super broken, but it would go in every time. It was like the flattest jumper from like 20 feet, but it would go in. <laughs> um, I think Delano probably does need that because guys are going to go under screens like that, like really mm-hmm. sort of play off of him. But I don't He has length, man. Like even when he gets inside the paint, like if he gets inside the three-point arc, he can just pick up the ball right there, take two steps, and then kind of stretch layup and – which is a rare skill, which is is Livingston yeah, interesting. done? He's yeah, he's, 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 he's like thirty three yeah. or something, right? He's been done, man. No, he's, he's I know, really I know that he hasn't seen minutes, but why isn't he around the team? I thought he retired, but yeah, he's, I don't he's, know he's, if he officially retired. retired. But yeah, on the D- Delano point, like I think he's going to be fine. I think Scott's going to be fine. I think in terms of rebounding, the Raptors as a group are just going to be better. Yeah, because one better. of the problems with the Raptors is like their defense is like there's so much switching so like your big guys aren't going to be in rebounding yeah. position at all times so it's now when you have like four dudes with length on the court basically at all times almost their rebounding should in theory be a lot better last season was like Dog. it was such a small team last year like it actually hurts to think about and another point i know josh was talking about it earlier was about the half court offense not the raptors not you know immediately focusing on who's the half court like creator or scorer. And I think I think it's a little overrated. It's not overrated, but I think it's a little bit people talk about it a little bit too much because mm-hmm. so many teams in the league just do not have a good half court offense because that's just how good team defenses are now. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right? Where really your half court offense is going to come down to do you gotta have a guy who can hit a pull up mid range shot by himself mm-hmm. or is your team gonna shoot well from three? Right? Because really it's like can you get enough advantage creation and then shoot well enough from three for your half court offense to work? And I think what matters more, and we see it in the playoffs is can you go like six, seven, eight deep and still be able to guard, right? Like if you can put a five man unit out there that can guard at those five positions, Mm -hmm. you can put together the points to end up winning, winning a game. And there's teams that are trying in different ways, but like the Milwaukee bucks aren't like a necessarily good half court offense. No. They get almost everything in transition, and then in half court, they're kind of hoping, can we hit threes well enough? Yeah, Chris Middleton got to gotta have a good Chris Middleton game, which is, like, at least half the time, but, like... Yeah. So, like, I'm not terribly... Like, the Raptors half-court offense isn't going to be anything special. That's fine. But I don't think it's that... Like, like when people talk about half-court guys, are you talking about, like, Trey Young? 
Like Trey Young, for how many years did that Atlanta team legitimately garbage? Yeah, and now ass. when they get to the playoffs, what was their biggest issue? It's like we just don't have enough guys. Because you can take one guy away in a playoff series, right? Yeah. But what you need is like, can you have five guys who are like at a base level of offense and are also not like targets on defense? And I think the Raptors at the minimum can always put out five guys there who can guard, if anything, at plus levels and can put five guys out there that at least have some sort of offensive threat. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, the Raptors were 16th on offense last year, which is absolutely which is surprising wild as hell because they were not a good offensive club and they were 15th in defense. Um, Despite the fact that they were 27th in defensive rebounding rate and 30th in uh, field, free throws per field goal attempt, which means they were fouling and allowing people to go to align them as so much. So, I mean, that just again, they, they, if you listen through the, this whole past season, one of the common refrains, uh, besides that, you know, Aaron Baines was just really poor, was just like that they didn't have a fifth guy. Like every single game, they only had four guys available. You only have four yeah. guys put on the floor, sometimes less than four guys. By the end of the season, they had 0.4 guys available, man, because Malachi was only 40% good. Um, it, it, it's like the, the depth is really intriguing, man. I think Scotty is clearly a guy that's going to be able to pick up right away defensively. It's not even close. He's going to be yeah. already a very, very above average defender, even just as a rookie. Precious, I think, is already there as well. Uh, maybe he'll struggle with some post-up players, but to be honest, I don't even think so. And the Raptors double a lot in the post. He's not going to do it one-on-one. Uh, Malachi, we already know, is a good defender. Delano, we'll see. I don't think he'll play in the rotation, but you know he could be. And honestly, if, if they bring one of these guys in, like Ish or or a Champagne, if, if they even factor at all into the rotation, which they probably won't, because I think Utah's still ahead of both those guys. But like, you might get back to the situation you had in 2019, 2020. Not a single guy in the rotation was a bad defender. Really, when you got down to it, it was like Matt Thomas and like Terrence Davis at the end of those. But like, those guys weren't playing. Like every single guy in the rotation was a good defender. And, and my, that, that carries you so far, man. And my question to people is like, we went into last season and before COVID struck, this team was a four seed. And what was the roster? You had your core five with Kyle, Norm, mm-hmm. um, OG, Fred, and Pascal. And then who? Your your next best player was Chris Boucher. Yeah. And that was it. Like Malachi Flynn at that point was still nobody. Nah, he, 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 he had like is, 10 he's improved points at that so point. much since then. Like his, his end of season improvement to what you're seeing now, like significant improvement in terms of his viability as a player. And then there was nobody. Terrence Davis is not a player. Matt, Matt Thomas. I'm sorry, Alex, literally not a player. Yeah. Aaron Baines, not even like, like literally a negative. He was actively handicapping your starting lineup. And then there was nobody like Utah was injured. Most of it. Like he would give you some flashes. Now, going into this season, you have Fred, you have Gary Trent Jr., who you can say basically gives you what Norm will give you, like, in terms yeah. of role. Like, he doesn't have the same ceiling, but he'll give you the same role as Norm does. OG is going to come back improved. Pascal is likely going to come back improved over mm-hmm. what he was last year. And now you have Kem Birch, active plus, who fits with the yeah. team, right? Right, right. Yeah. That's your top five. Now you get to your six, seven, eight. You've got Chris Boucher. You've got Malachi. You've got... um I'm blanking here. Like, I don't know if Goran Dragic actually makes the roster, but if he's still on the team at that point, you have Goran Dragic. Yeah. And you've got Utah Watanabe, who's actually a player now. You have Scotty Barnes, who, like, legitimately, if you can look at what Scotty Barnes has done just in summer league, that's better than literally anybody on the Raptors bench last oh, year. Oh, not even close. By yeah. a mile. Yeah, like, yeah. none of those players would play ahead of him just because of what he can bring, mm-hmm. right? Like, Scotty Barnes, you would take that over Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson started games. 
Stanley Johnson started games. That's uh, and he was a major, major bench rotation dude. Like he played big minutes off the bench. And Scotty yeah. Barnes, I would actively take Scotty Barnes over Stanley Johnson. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't even seen him play NBA like actual NBA minutes, and I know yeah. that for a fact. That's true. And then you have Precious Achua, who's like he's he's been would, better than I. He thought would be he the was, best man. player on our bench last year after Chris Boucher. Like if you put him on last year's team, it would be Boucher, and then you put Achua. That's yeah. how bad the depth was on that team. Yeah. So that's why I'm really not concerned about this year going into it. Good. I think it's like you can actually have an eight to ten man lineup that's going to be fun to play that'll have competent basketball players. Yeah. Better, better rebounding, better at defense, and honestly with some upside too, man. Um, yeah, damn. I think I think the offense is going to miss Kyle Lowry a bit more than I think anyone's For anticipating. Sure. Like, there's just some stuff that like when Kyle Lowry. Um, when they run the, the flex screen with Kyle Lowry and they'd have Mark flash ups to meet him, like stuff like that, it's just gone. And yeah. that got things moving very, like that made Danny Green a competent regular season player. Not, no disrespect to um, Pascal or um, Fred, but I haven't seen those guys make those very easy, like, in, initiating the offense plays. And I'm sure they can, mm-hmm. but. That's the stuff that made Kyle, that made Kyle Lowry such a, an elite like floor raiser for this team. Yeah. Is so, that no matter what, you would have an okay like um, dribble handoff out of the horn set that would get you a a, a decent look um, with 15 seconds left on the shot clock. And then if stuff went sideways, stuff went sideways. Yeah. So one point I just want to make on this, and like I want to go back and actually pull the numbers and pull the lineups from this, but Pascal's best run in the last two years was that time before he had the groin injury in that November, December, oh, yeah. early January run. Yeah. And in that time, out. Kyle and Serge are out. Yeah. And it was just high usage for Fred and Pascal where Pascal was bringing up the ball. Pascal was getting like, it wasn't just that Pascal was higher usage, but that he was getting consecutive possessions in a row to use. And Pascal, mm-hmm. like you would see in those games, he would be like, Oh, he's like five of 16 at halftime. And then he ends the game 12 of 24. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, so Pascal, I think, really does thrive as a rhythm dude where he's like, let me get more and more possessions mm-hmm. where he actually performs better with more possessions than him getting the ball for a couple possessions than being off the ball while Kyle does stuff, Fred does stuff, OG stuff. I did think that last year and in 2020, and I think the reason the 2020 season we had such a good record was because there were guys injured throughout the season because yeah, you had dudes that were able to play higher usage than they should have. Cause when all the guys were together, it just felt like everybody was just slightly handicapping each other where it's like, everyone's playing at 80% of what their capability is. Mm. And like, it's great as a five man to look at, Oh, Kyle, Fred, OG, Pascal, Mark. And yeah. then you have Serge and Norm off the bench, but like, it felt like too much and not enough to use them with where now it feels like, okay, now your high usage guys are going to use all their usage and you have actual role players beside them. So I'm pretty excited to see what Pascal will do. I'm also really excited to see OG finally have nobody in front of him to steal his usage because OG yeah. popped off in the second half of last season and he looks amazing. Yeah. And now he's got the twist going like he's, yeah. he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Yeah. I mean, um, it, that was what was interesting about the second half of the season was they, the Raptors took their playbook for Norm and gave it to OG. Yeah. And it was fun. I mean, it's different. It's a different style. I don't think he can like, rip it and go and uh, on a drive the way Norm could because Norm was like really freaking explosive. I think that's not overlooked the fact that Norm was very good. Okay. He was very good for a lot of parts for the Raptors last season. Um it just didn't really 
necessarily affect the wins and losses as much. But like, you know, you gave OG that that usage. He looked really good with it. He's coming into the zone confidence wise, which is really fun. I mean, but I think one of the more immediate questions in my mind to start the season is just like, who would you start? Because Pascal's going to be out for the first month. And based on the way I've seen Scotty play, and based on the way I've seen Precious play, I can see I can make a case for either of those two guys. But I think I probably want to give Scotty like a one month free trial just at the very start of this. Of course, you'll probably move him back to the bench when Pascal comes back in. I'm not probably. You'll definitely move him back to the bench uh, when Pascal comes back in. But Josh, do you like that idea? Is that exciting to see Scotty Barnes as your starting, I guess, three or four to start the season? Um, I It would be exciting, but I, I can't imagine that Chris doesn't get that look first, especially the okay. opportunity to play him a power forward. Um, because if, pa- if Pascal, if Chris is able to hold his own defensively against power forwards in a um, in, ex- in an expanded role, I think that clears up some of the um, like that roster concern. Like, where, what do you do with Chris? Um, and it would be it'd be like kind of weird that a guy in a contract year who's been a good soldier for the organization doesn't get that look first, mm, and that okay. you ask a rookie to step into that role. By all means, like I tweeted the other day, it'd be amazing to see. Um, Scotty Barnes win rookie of the month in the first month of the season and then be asked to go to the bench so Pascal can come back. <laughs> but I think the, the chaos isn't worth it. I imagine it's Chris's job um, to begin yeah. with. Um, because if they don't, that's like a, a wild thing to there's, do to a guy. There's no, there's like no chance that old. Chris Boucher isn't starting. Like he would have yeah. to do something wild and camp. <sighs> like okay. he, he would have to post like a ridiculous IG joke. Then nobody gets for him to lose it. But no, I think Chris's job to lose a, because I know for a fact that he wants to be a starter. He sees himself as a starter. And honestly, he played well enough last year. He produced at such a high level last year. And his biggest flaw was that he's just not a center defensively. Yeah. Like his biggest flaw on the floor. I don't think he ever took anything. At no point did I see him as a negative on the offensive end of the floor. No, never. Even his worst games, it was like Chris Boucher is legitimately doing stuff out yeah. there. That's awesome. Um, and then, like, honestly, like, there's no way that they're going to pass up on the marketing possibilities of doing the Montreal connection, the, the mm, Twin Towers of Montreal. Yeah. Right? Damn. So that's definitely happening. And also just on that, like, Ken Birch is your starting center. I don't think you can start Scotty as well and then have, like, two subpar three-point shooters. Okay. That doesn't sound like a Nick Nurse thing. That's fair. That's fair. And finally, I just want to say this: like we always point to, like, well, you know, um, Louis Scola was hurt and Pascal started, or whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Pascal started his first game. Was like OG started as a rookie, like out yeah. the gate. But that was Dwayne Casey. Both of those, right? Yeah. Nick Nurse mm-hmm. has not really shown much of a desire to give much leash to rookies and new players. Like whether it was, you know, um, dare I say his name, Terrence Davis. Uh, mm, when he was yeah. popping off in his first season, Nick was very, very, um, very, tight very with the minutes. He was tight, tight with the minutes yeah. and very tight with the compliments post game as well. He did That's not really deep. want to be over complimentary of a rookie at yep. any point. Yep. With Malachi, we saw just how how slow roll, like how slow they rolled oh, him yeah. up. Yep. Yeah, you saw Eric Flynn's uh, Facebook feed. Oh, was... Eric Flynn was yeah. snapping man, watching the first <laughs> half of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like Scotty Barnes, I think is gonna. Like, I, I would expect him to maybe play 10, 15 minutes at most um, for the first okay. week, two weeks of the season. That's fair. That's fair. But I mean, yeah, I also, would, chi- I would a- chime in, though, Asad, and say that oh. 
Nick was still trying to like win a like Nick was still trying to win. Obviously, like winning is still a priority, but I feel like maybe they would have huddled up now and said that development is a priority this year. And I, I'm completely with you. Nick has has had this trend, but I feel like it might change. Uh, mm-hmm. Muting myself once again. If they do something like that, I I think they should trade Chris. Like Chris Boucher is 29 this year. He's in a contract year. He wants to be a starter. You'd be you'd be kind of jerking the guy if to if to start Scotty over him. Yeah. And like if they would start well, are you Scottie... trying to again to fight with Chris again? No, no, no. I, look, I, look, just because the guy posts like, you know, those email chain, the chain emails you used to get back in the, the hotmail days where it's like you gotta fast forward this to like 15 people or else someone will die or something like that. Like that's essentially what he did on Instagram the other day. But <laughs> one of the chain emails. No, but um I I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just like a little too hopped up on, on, on the Scotty hype, but is there a case we made Scotty's already better than Chris Boucher defensively? Yeah, there is, yeah. but that doesn't matter. You can't. It matters to Nick Chris. Nurse. You know, Nick loves that defense, man. But then, like, you, re- like, in my opinion, you should cra- trade Chris in that instance. That is a tough thing to do to a guy. I think, I think Chris starts still for sure be- because Chris was the starter last year, too. Like he was a think, starter, yeah. True. I don't. I don't think Scotty jumps him. Also, I just totally see Scotty as being one hundred percent there. Like there, I think this year they're just one million percent trying to recreate Benchmob two point oh. They, okay. they got yeah, Malachi. Fair. They got a bunch of young athletes to put him beside. They're like, we're gonna put the bench out there. It's gonna hold its own defensively, yeah. and then they're just gonna transition, transition, transition. Yep. They gave Malachi a pick and roll partner finally. Yep. Like, yeah. good lord. Finally, like, yeah. Malachi, like Eric Flynn's been saying it, Malachi's the best pick and roll guard in his entire class. He's always been the best mm-hmm. pick and roll guard in the nation. Yeah. And he's a really good pick and roll player, like just yep. flat out. So, like, I would love to see Malachi now with actual pick and roll targets to hit. Like, if he has Precious Achua as a roll target with Chris Boucher on the opposite wing spacing, mm-hmm. and then you have Utah Watanabe um, slashing or yep. cutting the baseline or spacing, whatever it might be. And then you got Scotty doing whatever Scotty does as the dunker spot. That's. That's, that's a, a huge that's lineup, a, man. That's a, first of all, yeah, just think, a, think about how big that group yeah, is. Yeah, it's facts. <laughs> yeah, wow. But that's, like, really interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm personally super excited to see that. And I think what we're going to see more of is Scotty might play high minutes, but it'll be similar to that 2018 team where it's, like, the bench mob is just playing 20 minutes because they're... Yeah, like, what, they're, they're what's wrong well. with the idea like of having Scotty Barnes in the Ronde Hollis Jefferson role from a couple of years ago? He's I mean, already. It's got to be bigger than that. It's got to be bigger than that. A bigger role than what did Rondé play? He was got. like the eighth or ninth man. People are gonna no. People are gonna riot, man. People are already waiting for a riot. <laughs> people love Scotty this much. Already. People are calling Scott, Patrick yeah. McTumble a bad coach, and I'm like, you don't even know Patrick. I don't know Patrick, <laughs> man. Don't 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 be slandering Patrick. What I can see happening though is like there are gonna be a game early on where it's like Scotty Barnes of the bench unit just went crazy mm, and yeah. brought the team back to within five points, and Nick just says. All right, we're going to write him out. I think if mm. anyone's minutes are getting taken on the starting lineup, it's going to be either Nick deciding to go small and take Cam off the floor, right. or Nick saying, "All right, Gary Trent Jr., you're, you're not going to yeah, close out the it's game." Gary. It's Gary. It's out. Yeah, it's Gary. Yeah, Rondé played uh, 18 minutes a game. Uh, okay, that's more than yeah, again. Like it's one of those things where it's like we know that season they had all these injuries, so it's like everyone's like, minutes were. Patrick McCaw played 16 yeah. minutes a game or something. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's man. just because you played 36 minutes against the Celtics because you right, had to we'll start the three minutes in a row. Remember when Pat McCaw was the biggest problem? That was a uh, turn out. <laughs> turns out those were the good days. Like that's not that big of a problem. Like he was fine, man. Right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, man. No, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm honestly, I, I'm, I am fairly excited about this upcoming season just because we do have this younger group to look forward to. Because I think in terms of the the emotional psyche, in terms of how to watch games, like, of course, if you win, everything's cool. No one complains about anything after a win. Everything's great. Uh, but if you lose and you lose with a, a without that young core to look up on and and be pro- like just um, be eternally positive about, like that's when losing feels pointless that's when losing feels meaningless like the past this past season the number of times i wrote about malachi flynn and jalen harris in the second half of the season like i i was i was beside myself this is why i was in the chat begging for for points because like there was nothing else to talk about man i had to cut that out of like five five things essentially so this year we'll have the younger guys that excites me and honestly it's just like the next generation because like as much as kyle was amazing kyle gave us like all these incredible moments like he just couldn't he couldn't be there forever like at some point he had to move on um i mean he couldn't have made it more clear like he literally waved goodbye to the camera was crying he sold his house uh he gave the reporters 25 minutes and then you know like that can't be a surprise that he left but i think that's that's okay like you have to create another opportunity for guys to step in and i think that that's uh it's fred's team it's pascal's team it's og's team now all these other guys they step up or they don't it's scotty's team it's also well. finally Masai's team. Like it's That's been Masai's team for a long Brian time. Colangelo was the true there's architect. This, there's <laughs> this like you know continuation. The Raptors are truly and kind of for the first time being made completely in the image that Masai Ujiri has for an NBA franchise. Yeah, and it's cool that he's resigned. It's cool that yeah, there's 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 no one that you know was. I feel like there's no one on the team that wasn't drafted by Masai at this point. Like. It's just going to be a really interesting, yeah. not precious, obviously. Well, um, yeah, that's true, yeah. But it's, it's just be interesting to see what Masai and Nick and Bobby and the rest of the Brain Trust have as their vision for what a basketball team looks like and mm-hmm. what prospects look like and everything because there now isn't a guy who carries a ton of gravity that isn't that they didn't pick um, in the organization. It's cool. And with and with Kyle, like people can like look back to it but like the amount of times that he's almost been traded the amount of times that like even in the championship run he was about to be traded for mike conley like it was yeah, a close yeah. call for a second right, there sure and people were about it and even the year following the fan base was like oh it's fred's turn to start and then fred had a you know a bad run of a couple of games like okay no no kyle's good kyle's good like people have been ready to push kyle out the door every single season mm-hmm. it's very frustrating and we're not gonna have that this season which is gonna be unfortunate because he's already out the door yeah. but i will say this past year it became a very obvious that when Kyle would play, the other guys would just Defer. let up a little bit. It yeah, was like a yeah. clear, like you could see that they were deferring. Yeah. And yeah. whenever Kyle was out, suddenly it would be like everybody get juiced up, and they're like, "All right, take ownership yeah. of the project." Right. There so, were like seven and zero without Kyle for a stretch there, and that was all before the COVID stuff happened. Yeah. Because I'm not Fred, saying that they're going to be Pascal seven and would just take it on themselves, like, "All right, we got to actually win the game." Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. like okay, these are a couple of possessions where Kyle's going to kind of set the pace or whatever. It's like, no, no, let's let's take ownership. Let's win this game our way, right? Which is, I think, important. And I think for a team is going to be – I think it's going to be important for the team to kind of start molding themselves in a new mm-hmm. image, right, of who your lead guy is. And as much as we're going to miss the Kyle stuff, like – Yeah. The only thing I lament about the Kyle stuff is that they made him play all those games without having a big man. Yeah, like, we just wasted Kyle last year, man. But yeah. the amount of assists that he that Aaron just left on the on the ground or Alex Len, like complete bullshit. 
Like Kyle Sanders? made Freddie look like Freddie Gillespie look like a player for a couple minutes there. Yeah, he was setting up Kemp Burge as well. Like all these guys, man. I mean, that, that's the thing though. Like you, you know, that's that's part of. It's like a. I don't know. It's, it's like the difference between like living in university and now living on your own. Like that, that like crucial, like one or two years there where, you know, when you lived in university, you lived on campus, or even if you didn't live on campus, like you lived like near, you know, the school and, you know, you had some responsibilities, you had to like make your own food and stuff like that. But like, you know, for the most part, you still were in a bit of a cocoon and then like completely the training wheels are off. Like you're really out in the world. You're trying to like, you know, make ends meet, you're trying to make rent, you're trying to make you know, go grocery runs and all this other stuff. Like that's kind of where the rappers are now. They've, they've graduated and this is their time and no longer have Kyle to lean on. And, but I think really circling back to the theme of this bigger, po- the bigger theme of this podcast is just that you give people opportunities, man. And I think the rappers getting people opportunities. Um, <laughs> wow. Yahoo gave us all opportunities. And uh, I'm trying to force a way to wrap this, this episode because it's, it's two hours in and I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very tired, but also very appreciative to all you guys who came on. So um yeah i think that does it for the show i like i, I feel really happy that uh, i was able to do it with all of you guys i think you guys were definitely the main people who were on the show with me and uh, i wanted to thank all of you guys uh, on air for this but also um you know just to give you guys that space and the time because i think that like this was i felt very accomplished and and very proud of this this show in a way that i don't think a, a person should rationally feel about a podcast but um, I, I am truly am very thankful. So I'm really happy to have done this last one with you guys. So I appreciate it. Uh, in terms of, yeah, what comes out after this, I, I will announce and I will still be involved with the Raptors uh, very heavily. So look out for that. But uh, in the meantime, I wanted to say a huge thank you to Yahoo once again, all to all of you guys. And uh, for the last time, you know, um, thanks for listening to Raptors over everything. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.